Was it Martin Millet's wish to die? The nature of Millet's life determined his death. I was merely an instrument. Stop hiding in your philosophy, Camille. You took a mortal life. And you haven't? No, not when someone else's life was not at stake. The act was just, MacLeod. No, Camille, it was murder. Millet robbed my people, ripped away their culture. He was worse than a murderer. He was destroying their souls. Look, MacLeod, I came for your help. If you want to challenge me, do so. But don't judge me. wasn't exactly crazy about him either but he swears it was legal welcome to highlander rewatch <laughs> the podcast where each and every week we revisit another facet of the highlander universe and discuss it in detail i'm one of your rewatchers i'm keith this is kyle this is Eamon. that soundbite out of context makes it sound like a, a, a rendezvous with someone underage yes it does <laughs> cruising for some ass yeah like that is really good out of context yeah. keeping exactly. it legal baby <laughs> So how are you guys doing? I'm good. Jawsome. Jawsome. In, in fact. Street sharks. Ooh. Ooh. Do they fight and they bite? They do fight and they do bite. They're street sharks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I'm excited to be uh, back to in, be the, back in the, the swing of things. We took kind of a longish break this time because the 4th of July holiday. That's right. Hope everyone had a good vacation on holiday with their families. And I was in Paris and we've got some uh, pictures which probably have already been posted on our Facebook page by the time this episode comes out. But I got to see some cool Highlander related stuff in Paris like where Duncan's barge was and Darius's church. Is it just, it's just a picture of a river. Yeah, that's it. With no context around it. <laughs> exactly. Just the water. Yep. Uh, and the Shakespeare and Company bookstore, which was really Ooh. cool. So hope Did everyone... you find a watcher CD-ROM? I looked all <laughs> over the place. I think it was confiscated by... Maybe a hunter. <gasps> I wonder if anybody ever did that. Deposited yeah. one. Oh. Or like... Or you meant like asked if they had yeah. it? Yeah. I like the idea of depositing them. That'd that's be a, funny. That's a Like, I should idea. just go in there with like blank CDs. Or no. No. Why Why make them blank? You gotta put weird stuff on yeah. it. Uh, we'll weird stuff watch- like Watcher Chronicles. Just put the yeah. Watcher Chronicle <laughs> okay. thing on it. Yeah. Or you just mean like anime porn. I, I kind of was thinking that. <laughs> no, I got discovered then. Okay. <laughs> In our previous episodes, we did not do reader mail, and I think going forward, we're probably going to always break out reader mail. We've been getting it a lot, and uh, I think and it's all- great. Yeah, but- um, so keep writing us if you want to write us. Uh, it's HighlanderRewatched at gmail.com, and we will read it on a bonus or a mini episode altogether. Uh, yeah, because, you know, we want to keep these main flagship episodes a little more compact for you. Right. You know, keep them a tight 45. Yeah, that's not ever happening. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, if, it's if aspirational. We if we don't read your your mail, don't don't worry. We'll probably get to it in the future. Yeah, we try to always. Or it was bad. Or it was bad. Or, or it was bad. Yeah. Live with that. <laughs> either usually we either read it or respond to you uh, via email or Facebook. We try to get to them all. But thanks everybody for writing in. Also, want to give a little shout out to Paul H, one of our frequent contributors here. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we all actually got to have dinner and drinks and nachos oh, yeah. and whatnot with Paul. Uh, he came to Philadelphia for work. So big thanks to Paul H. for uh, coming out and yeah, visiting yeah. with us. And he also gave us a cool collection of books, yeah. which we can't wait to sink our teeth into. Very exciting. 
I'm going to eat them. That's what I mean. Yeah. yeah exactly. Well, that was the dinner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was the books. <laughs> we ate the we, books. It was a feast of knowledge. That's yeah. right. So he gave us the, what, what did he give us? The, uh, the Evening at Joe's book. Mm-hmm. Was it the Watcher Chronicle book? What was, what was the other books in there? One was like a TV, not a TV guide, like the magazine. <laughs> TV guide. It was actually just an old TV guide. A guide to like the Highlander TV show. Right. Illustrated with photographs and other cool things. Yeah. And wasn't one of them one of the novels? Yeah. Yes. So very cool stuff. Thank yeah. you very much, Thanks, Paul. Paul. H. It was great. So are we ready to hop into this week's episode? I'm ready to Paul hop into <laughs> Sorry. I don't know. Paul that hop. Was, that was not good. He was Paul a Bart Mole hop. Uh, Ooh. I like that. Did yeah, I, let's jump into this one. Did I tell you guys about my Paul Blart movie sequel idea? No. It's Paul Blart 3, where... There's already a 2? Oh, there's there a 2. There is a 2. I watched 2 with no volume on <laughs> an airplane, watching it on the back of somebody else's seat, and it was filmed really well. I was like, <laughs> the quality of the cinematography in this Paul Blart movie is pretty high. Wow. Not being able to hear any audio but i was like huh. that might have ruined it i was impressed oh yeah exactly that might have ruined it um my idea for the third one is paul blart graduates from mall blarting to the secret service but he has to protect donald trump and it's called paul blart mall cop three the blart of the deal <laughs> the blart of that's the deal very good that's terrific. so Kevin James, if you're listening, let's workshop this. Yeah. <laughs> he needs a he needs a story credit and at least uh, half a point on the back end. That's right. <laughs> All right, let's hop into this week's episode. This week we are talking about season four, episode nine, "The Wrath of Kali." Uh, this episode first aired November twentieth, nineteen ninety five. Ricardo Montalban's really good in this. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Wrath of Khan joke. This episode was directed by Dwayne Clark. This is his first episode of Highlander, uh, and this is his third directing job. Wait, The Rock did this? Yeah. Yeah. Dwayne, Dwayne the Rock. Dwayne, Dwayne the Clark Johnson. <laughs> yeah. Checks out. Uh, this is great. I mean, I was wondering why I could always smell what he was cooking, and that, that explains it. Yeah. Mm. Uh, he only has one more Highlander episode coming after this, um, and he's done like lots of guest spots directing shows, uh, but some longer stints doing The Practice, Boston Legal, and then a shit ton of like CSI. CSI Miami, CSI New York. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's uh, he's been working hard. Dark Angel. Do you remember that show? Is that the with um, Jessica, Al- Jessica Alba? Alba? I said Anthony Alba. Yeah, Anthony Alba. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that one. It was produced by James Cameron. Yeah. Uh. She's like on a on a ledge. Mm, that's right. Okay. Okay. I actually remember that visual. Yeah. Yeah. Also, a story that might be cut. I remember I was told not to watch that show by someone at my church. Why? Because uh, it's evil? Uh, I think solely because the name was Dark Angel. I don't think there was any angel connection to it, right? Yeah, I don't think so. No, I think she just wore black and was like the hero. So yeah. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, it was like this guy was like in our Sunday school class was like television and there's these these shows today like Dark Angel. <laughs> and I was like, what? It's like, it seemed pretty good to me. I only watched like three episodes, but... That's so weird. Yeah, right? <laughs> Very strange. That's so lazy, too. <laughs> yeah. That's so lazy. <laughs> anyway, uh, this episode was written by David Tynan. The last episodes we saw from him were Double Eagle and Homeland this season. Not too shabby. That's right. On those two. Majang! <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> uh, this episode guest stars Molly Parker as Alice Ramsey. And so she's like a big, she's big star. She's in tons of shit. Tons and tons of shit. Not shit. like... 
shit as in bad. No, she's, in she's like trouble. Stuff. Like she yeah. like got caught busting. Yeah, she's in lots of shit. She's in a lot of shit. This was maybe like her second or third, I think, IMDb yeah. credit. It's pretty early in her career, but uh, you might recognize her more recently as Maureen Robinson in the new Lost in Space reboot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she was also Jackie Sharp in House of Cards, which is where I kind of remember her from very recently. Yeah. I remember her most sadly from the Nicolas Cage Wicker Man movie. Oh, oh. but how did it get burned though? How to get burned? How to get burned? Uh, the bee. So, like, I would not recommend watching The Wicker Man. Frankly, like, it's one of those it's bad boring. movies that's very boring. But if you go on YouTube and watch like the eight minute supercut, it's mm-hmm. perfect. It's like the best eight minutes you will ever spend. Do you want to see Nicolas Cage wearing a bear costume, punching, punching a woman, a woman. Yes. punching a woman in the face? Doesn't he also drop kick a woman? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he he karate up. kicks a woman across a room. <laughs> yeah, and then at some point. A bunch of bees get poured on yeah. his face. Like, poured, like, as you would pour a glass of water. Mm-hmm. Only yeah. it's bees. It's bees. I would recommend getting the DVD and watching the alternate cut with, with James, James Franco. Franco. Yeah. And his, uh, uh, what's his name? Who's James Vanderbeek? Three in it? minutes. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> what a teaser in the end there. Mm-hmm. The original starring Christopher Lee. That's a good movie, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so uh, I think it's okay. I think it's an okay horror and movie. And who directed yeah. the reboot? Um, what's his name? He's in trouble now. I forget his name. Neil LeBute. Neil LeBute. Famed award-winning now in playwright. Trouble. Playwright Neil LeBute. Yeah. What's he in trouble now for? Some Me Too stuff. Ooh, not yeah. cool. Not surprising. He got called out. Sorry, Neil. <laughs> yeah. Not, <laughs> or not. not sorry. Not really. Yeah. Nope. Ah, very good. Okay, so Molly Parker's in this episode. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, and Brent State. Is in this? Brent Ratner? Uh, yep. As another, another, three director. another guy that's in trouble about lots of weird yeah. stuff. Yeah. Tr- uh, as Colonel Ramsey, um, I have in my notes, you might remember him from Tron Legacy as Purple Gaming Program. <laughs> uh, but actually, you might recognize him as Eddie Doyle from Mountain Men. Yeah. Oh, oh look shit. At that shit. Yeah. He was in Final Destination 5. <laughs> 5. 5. Ooh. Also, the second episode in a row, or not the second, uh, another colonel, one episode after yeah, the colonel. These, these kernels of similarity just build. <laughs> uh, and then finally, this episode guest stars Kabir Bedi uh, as Kamir. Wait, Kabir plays Kamir? Yeah. yeah. I wonder if yeah. that was confusing switched, on set. Switched, yeah. Wait. <laughs> you might recognize him as Anjali's father in Bawafa, or as Ved Pujan in Rudraskish. Or perhaps as Dabu in 2002's Kitty Party. That's what I remember. <laughs> exactly. Kitty Party? But Eamon, he was in a very famous movie. Octopussy. That's right. Yeah. He was in James Bond, Octopussy. That's my second most hated James Bond movie. Really? After What's what? number one? Uh, Die Another Day. Oh. With Halle Berry. I have not oh. seen the Pierce Brosnan James Bonds in like forever. They're all bad except for Goldeneye. Goldeneye? I remember Goldeneye yeah, being fair. pretty good. Yeah. No, Goldeneye is really good. Rest also, a good video game. Yes. One of the best. Yeah. One of the best video games so. ever created. Uh, I will say this. Control Scheme in the post-Halo universe, wonky. Mm. They had not quite figured out how to do a, like, a double-axis movement yeah. Oh, yeah. in that yeah. age of first-person shooters before like double joysticks were common. It's awkward. Double the joysticks. C- the C-pads or whatever, the C-buttons. Yeah. like Which you- were camera buttons. That's what the C stood for. Camera. Mm. Well, it only made sense when the first game you put out was like a 3D Mario. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then it like, they just had to figure something else out. Right. Either way, still a lot of fun, still trailblazing. So <laughs> let's move on from this nonsense to talk about the IMDb episode description. Yes. Another bit of nonsense. All right, are Ooh, we ready? Good. Hang on, Eamon. What, yes. are the, what, is, what are the odds that this is a little bit racist? <laughs> I'm going to say... 
Uh, very oh, wait, likely, you're looking at it. But I That's had unfair. It. Yeah, yeah I all right. Never cheating. mind. I'm going to guess 15% chance there's something racist. Just saying, I'm not sure. I haven't read it yet. So. All right. We're, gonna, Ooh, we're on this journey together. Duncan and Richie attend the opening of an exhibit featuring the Bengal Kali, a bronze statue sacred to the now extinct Indian assassin cult of Tuggies. Immortal Kamir, last of the Tuggies, is determined to reclaim the Kali for India and wants Duncan's help. In flashback to 1764, British-occupied India, Duncan is trying to track down the Tuggies and prevent young widow Vashti from committing suti on her dead husband's pyre. In wow, present- there are a lot of terms of art on that one. Yeah. That was like all proper nouns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, in present day, Duncan discovers Kamir has killed a mortal to reclaim the Kali. But Kamir insists Duncan not judge him, for he is a priest of Kali. Hmm. Is that why Duncan can't judge him? I think so. Duncan's not a judge. That's Maybe why. it's kind of, yeah. I think it's worded poorly here, but yeah. Here's I think it's like, this is my culture thing. Anyway, Eamon, what do you got? Here's the YouTube. A statue of Kali is purchased by the university where McLeod teaches. Immortal Kamir arrives, determined to take it back to India. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> Pretty succinct. That's right. Good job, YouTube. Okay, guys. So how's this episode start? It starts in a creepy art dealer's office where he's on the phone about Illegally selling some terracotta statues. Is this like the terracotta statues we're thinking of? Like the the army? Like the terracotta army? Is that what it's supposed to be about? That's what I assumed. Like that guy who recently... Maybe uh, that guy who recently stole a finger was one of his goons. Oh, he got... Wasn't that at the Franklin Institute in our very city? It was. Yeah. And some guy's just like, oh, let me just steal part of a statue. No one will notice. (laughs) This guy also is wearing like a headset. Yeah. And like his office is like these glass blocks. It's like very dated looking. It's uh, kind of ridiculous. Also for like an art dealer. It's, it's it looks like it's like a dentist's office yeah. or something. Yeah. It's a dentist. That explains the Muzak that's playing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Kamir comes in. Enter Kamir. And he's just like uninvited, just walks in and he's looking at these Buddhist statues. Right. And so he's like, oh, I, I hear you deal in artifacts that, shall we say, are like extreme rare like come in extremely rare what the fuck hold on so he says <laughs> that you deal in artifacts that are extremely rare mm-hmm. yes that is what he but says. but it's implying because the guy's like oh like you know only for the discreet collector so it's implying that these extremely rare things are stolen, stolen. yeah mm-hmm. uh so you know they both know what's up and then he describes a bronze statue that we come to find out is this statue of kali which he reveals that he is sold to a university in the States, which I instantly I mean, was, was like, like, huh? Like, I thought this was a stolen statue, like, as implied from this thing. So somehow a university bought a stolen statue because, as we'll find out from them later in this episode, like, they don't really do their homework and don't seem to give a shit. Nope. Like, even a little bit. They say it's sacred, sacred to the Tuggy cult. Right. But they've died out hundreds of years ago. So, did anyone you look know, up the Tuggies? I, I, I was like workshopping like if there's a hand job ho- joke here but i decided that that would probably be like a little insensitive under the circumstances Maybe. so i was thinking about saying like they doubt out in eighth grade <laughs> but, you know. anyway so i checked out bit i i looked up the tuggies on the old wikipedia mm-hmm. and um, you're like oh is, is that a nickname for the detroit tigers <laughs> that's right well apparently this is the this is where the word thug comes from no, oh, really? Yeah, like Br- the British slang, like it's British slang is where thug comes from, but it's from the Tuggies. Hmm. How about that? 
That's pretty interesting. Uh, but Tuggies refers to the acts of th- uh, tugs, an organized gang of professional robbers and murderers. Tugs traveled in groups across the Indian subcontinent for 600 years. Uh, tugs have traced their origin to seven Muslim tribes. But the thing that was interesting uh, would be that they operated as gangs of highway robbers, tricking and later strangling their victims with a silk handkerchief. So like that's, so that's all like real that's detail. all like legit in the uh, in the episode, which is pretty cool. So like these guys are just straight up highwaymen, but for some reason in this they're like a religious cult. Yeah. Like there's no religious element to these guys. They're they're just gangs. I'm not sure. In the paragraph I copied from Wikipedia, it did not mention <laughs> Kali. So I'm not also sure. Also, it if said they're... that they were Muslim, which they would not be worshiping. Well, I guess they or originated as a mu- from these Muslim tribes. So I'm, I don't know if they continued to be Muslim. I'm yeah. not sure. Well, if only if only I'd read more and, <laughs> <laughs> and did more research. But alas, there we go. So we're here this to talk about sh- highly. That's right. This is some good shit, and I'm really digging this uh, etymology lesson we got on the word. But they did do a lot of blog. research, as we found out later in the special features of the DVD. Like they had to dig deep to. Mm-hmm write this story yes in a pre-internet era so this was probably a lot harder information to come by than than it is now so what happens to this art dealer silken cord yeah he gets he gets strangled out baby uh they have this like funny exchange before that he's like ah i see you accept all major religions because he's got artifacts all these religious artifacts he's like and all major credit cards strangled (laughs) (laughs) and then uh did anyone else notice what the camera work is on these stranglings slow-mo uh, with like a bunch of zoom in, yeah. in and out on the face that yeah. I was like, I hate this choice. <laughs> wow. This is terrible. And like that, that's like a consistent decision throughout this that like at points of action and often when we see this colleague, there are these like spastic zooms in and out. And I'm like, oh, stop. <laughs> and then the sounds go boing. boing. It goes, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> each time which i thought was a weird foley artist decision but you know i can live with the fart noise no that doesn't happen but the zoom does and it sucks wow that's crazy so then we get the opening credits so that's our <laughs> cold it's crazy but, <laughs> but it's a hot, but it, but my opinion is stronger on this than it should be wow uh so that's our cold open and so then we get the uh, the old opening credits and so then when the episode proper starts we are in the university Muse- museum of cultural anthropology is this supposed to be the same university where duncan works it is Okay. And we have not encountered this woman before, right? False. How about yeah. this? Well, I was saying that was like, did they recast this woman and it's the same woman? Or what is the... Her name is Chandra, and she is the woman that we met in Leader, Leader of, of the, the Pack, pack. Okay. in the parking lot That's that was, was like, of. how's Duncan? And it's like, good. I mean, as a teacher. Same woman. Isn't that crazy? But it's the same actress as same well. Same actress as oh, well. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, that's a good bit Chandra. of... Good bit of callback there. Yeah. So Richie and uh, Max show up in their tuxes. Yeah, and Richie's feeling all out of place with these ivory tower liberals. All these people just to buy an Indian statue, but they're not trying to buy the statue, right? What do they say? They say like, oh, it's like you need a lot of rich people to like purchase shit like this. Like they're all donors, yeah. I guess. Mm. Yeah, it's like a fundraising gala or something like that to to open this thing. And Duncan helped make this deal happen with the statue somehow she he gave won- like contact info for some people which led her eventually to that guy in malaise or whatever his name was yeah malay 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 yeah malady <laughs> <laughs> that explains the uh fedora he always wears and the neck beard at this point duncan is like wait you talk to that guy like he's no good i'm sure you use the word like technically a lot like once again implying very strongly like this is definitely stolen and she's like, well, yeah. as long as it's here now. It's yeah. like, what the fuck? 
forgive me to play devil's advocate, Duncan, but... Yeah, it's like he promised it was legit. <laughs> like, whatever. Yeah, okay. Also, like, when you buy stuff like this, like, things have to be... Like, this is insane that the statue was ever purchased in the first place. Yeah. Whatever, Chandra. Chandra. Yeah. Well, who knows what proof, in quotes, he has that he acquired this legitimately. Right. Like, that doesn't seem to be any doubt as to its authenticity. The question is just... Which is off. Which is but, but authenticity is often like tracing ownership, yeah, though. That's true. So, hmm. Mm-hmm. Very good. So then we get the buzz. buzz. And who is it? It's the murderer. It's the murderer. Come it's, here. The murderer's come here. Yeah, it's the London Strangler appears. Uh, so then we get a flashback to India, 1764. We meet possibly the most annoying Highlander character yet. He's on the short list. <laughs> Both of these people are on the short list. Motherfucker. Though, 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 <laughs> It's the colonel and his wife, though Duncan only finger blasts one of them. Uh, (laughs) We'll leave it to you to decide which one. (laughs) I wanted to curb stomp this colonel. I know curbs aren't an Indian. I wanted to colonel stomp this colonel. (laughs) He's so annoying. Yeah, he's... I mean, I think he's written that way. Like, to be, like, the most... Like, they make him so he's super unattractive to his wife. Yeah. Like, of course she hates her own husband. He's an 11 in the annoying scale <laughs> and in the hot scale. <laughs> so he's awful. But yeah, he he and his wife were like walking around. She's complaining about how much she hates being here. Right. Well, there's like over the top sitar music playing and they're playing what looks like bocce. <laughs> I yeah. wasn't sure what the game was. I did think another link from previous episodes. That's like oh, another like game playing episode, mm-hmm. like yeah. lawn games. games yeah. Like croquet. Yeah. Yeah. A That's lawn Easter dart egg. flies. <laughs> <laughs> Accidentally hits a kid. They're yeah. illegal. Also, by the way, a tiger walks by yeah. at some point, and I was like, "Huh? Like, I don't know anything this about tiger Indian culture back then." But like, did tigers just like walk around like no, as a pet? Dangerous, like, right? That's kind of what I yeah. figured. I don't know. They said in the special features they rented the tiger for a half hour. <laughs> <laughs> you rent them by the half hour? Yeah. I'm surprised that, that you scared, can scared it for that shirt. <laughs> yeah. I watched a video of a tiger like killing a man that fell into the tiger cage. Ooh. He just picks this guy up like he's like a rag. Ooh. It's horrifying. Yeah, I would not want to mess around with the tiger. <laughs> yeah. Look that up. <laughs> Supreme and Roy. Uh, so anyway, so uh, they're waiting. Uh, the colonel and his wife are waiting for their, his like new assistant to come. And, and she's like, oh, I hope he is, speaks English. Yeah. The Meanwhile, the wife is just whining racistly. <laughs> yes. Like he bows to one of the Indian kings and she's like, don't bow to him. He's not a real king. And I'm just like, like Turns out Duncan McLeod is going to be is the assistant, and yes. he's all dressed up. You can't see his like face, and he's sitting in his chair, and he gets all upset. And more racism is like lobbed yes. Max way because he thinks he's Indian, right? Because so, he's wearing more native garb, yeah, and he's tanned. Um, yeah, they, he did, saying, they did tan Duncan up a little bit. Yeah, he's yeah. like working yeah. in the sun. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's saying off e off e. Is he just like saying off? And adding an E? I am not sure. Oh, good or question. Or is that an actual word? I should have looked that word up. I was like, is he just being like an asshole? I mean, yes. Well, the answer either is way, yes. the answer is yes. Right. Yeah. But. Yeah. but I thought this was really funny. And he's like, where is this uh, Scottish guy? And then McLeod takes his mask off and it's like. Why is he wearing a mask? He is he. He is he. He's like really annoyed. Yeah. Which. Mac is a real champion for the the, the locals in he this is. one. He's uh, ready to go to the mat. Then there's some like sexual innuendo with Alice and Mac. She's like, "Oh, you do ride well, don't you?" And it's like, "Oh it's, man, yeah, it's like 
so overt. And the colonel's meanwhile just sitting there like, hoop doo Yeah, he's completely <laughs> oblivious. Yeah, he's a real garbage person. Oh, and of course, Kamir comes in at this point, too. He's in his full full regalia. The costumes. costumes. <laughs> yeah, go on, Kyle. No, all Jinx. You. <laughs> yeah, you said it. You owe me a Coke. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's a Pepsi. Uh. So the costumes are awesome, and Kamir's there, and he's kind of... Saying like, oh, the the tuggies are not a problem. They they don't attack like white people or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like they wouldn't dare. Yeah, mess with the whites. And this guy Kamir's like, hmm, as you say, it would be foolish, right? <laughs> and um, you're immediately just like, ho ho, dear readers. Yeah, there's this really good line about losing an empire. That like losing an empire is like upsetting business or something like that. And the colonel's like, we're not losing this empire. Blah blah. blah. He's like, I'm talking about the Indians, dude. Like they're losing their empire to us right and of course they're upset about it Mm -hmm. and i was like oh this is good max mac gets it yet he's still here to help them i have thoughts about that we can talk about that later yeah let's talk about it later yeah uh so we cut to the present and kamir is there to check out this kali statue yes which he seems to indicate has literally has a god in it yeah (laughs) not symbolically like it's literally a vessel Mm -hmm. for kali and you can experience it right now which I was like, interesting, that's fine. But then Richie's like, you're right. <laughs> he's like, it's freaky, man. And then he like, then there's this like mystic disappearing act. It's like, huh? What's he, does, he does a bat mech. Hey, yeah, hey he bat mechs. He bat collies. He bat collies. <laughs> bat camers. Bat gammon. Bat he challenges Mac to a game of backgammon. It's the most friendly ending to any Highlander. But yeah, he's like, the Kali can look through your soul. And then Richie looks at it and gets all freaked out. Yeah, which I've just found, like, odd. And, like, throughout this episode, a kind of dynamic develops that, like, Richie is very taken with Kamir. Like, he really believes he has, like, a lot of knowledge and wisdom to impart, which may well be I true. I think that is in some yeah, ways true, which yeah. Which I think is, which is interesting. Uh, I dig Kamir. I'm like... I like him a lot. As a yeah, character. and the actor and yeah, everything's cool. great. I just find it very odd that like Richie accepts this premise readily and is like, "Oh my gosh, you're right. This is a magic statue." Like, I don't know. I, Richie, I just Richie's that, kind of been sympathetic to these sort of like religious things and like it's just interesting. I was just like wondering what that was supposed to mean. Also, we get another one of these like weird zoom push things, and I was like, mm. "Fuck you, statue of Kali." <laughs> yeah, is that what your magic is? That when people look at you, their eyes go whoom 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 whoom. So Kamir disappears, and then we cut to Chandra's office. Devane, that's not a name you hear in Calcutta. Maybe that's because my father was Irish. So what can I do for you? And Kamir says, for me, nothing but for India. That's right. So he wants her to return this stolen property. And she's not having it. Well, she's not buying that it's stolen. And it's like, unless you've got proof that this thing is stolen. Right. She's like, it's called trade. It was legal. Yeah. Also, side note, weird thing that drove me nuts. She's holding a folder. I don't know if it's related to this or it's just like fiddling acting. It is the exact same color as her dress. Like it is identical. And I'm like, oh, stop. (laughs) Why'd you do that prop person? This is maddening. (laughs) She's doing a lot of fiddling acting with these folders and a fiddle that she's playing. Yeah, she's also playing a fiddle. It's it's like a hoedown. Yeah. Uh, So line dances over with his silk strangling weapon this is an interesting conversation i guess he he like accuses her of like selling out her indian heritage Mm -hmm. just like kind of a sick burn i guess i don't know yeah and and she but she fires back with like a pretty good defense it's like no this lets people understand our culture like people can study it they can become part of it you know you're missing the boat by trying to take this thing away from people when this could be a real bridge Exactly. So, interesting argument being set up here. And then we get the buzz. And this is a weird buzz. ethics of museums. 
did anyone pick up on the buzz here? It's like another one of these like like crunching yeah. buzzes, but it's for Mac. Yeah, that's odd. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's weird. Crunchy buzz. Crunchy, Crunchy buzz. buzz. I used to think maybe they put some thought into the buzzes, but it doesn't seem like. I think they usually I think do. That, I think it's that they sometimes do. they do and sometimes they don't, and that confounds yeah. the thing. Like sometimes I think the way they choose to do the buzz is significant. Yeah, especially yeah. whenever they do the buzz for Mythos. Yeah. yeah, like the buzz for Mythos is always like out of control, big. At mm-hmm. least in some of the subsequent episodes mm-hmm. we're about to talk about, you know. So I think sometimes it is deliberate, and other times I think they're just grinding them. Yeah, because usually these like crunchy buzzes are for like a villain or something. Yeah, like, yeah it like shows Xavier. that they're like. Mm-hmm. off or something but yeah it was that this is the what way Kamir feels about mac i don't know strange yeah. whatever yeah. then we cut to the dojo and it's awesome <laughs> there's yeah. like some cool electronic music and richie's shirtless richie's all sweaty it's yep. checking himself out he's yeah. just working that pole <laughs> <laughs> yeah, richie's moonlighting as a male stripper yeah if you can tell i had a whole theme of handjob jokes in this keep one so coming. we're just gonna keep going yeah <laughs> brace yourself dear listeners Richie gets the buzz and Kamir shows up and he's like, hey, there's some other ways to use it. And Richie's like, really? Show me. And so then we get like a demonstration from mm-hmm. Kamir with the pole, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And he's a wizard or at least the stuntman's a wizard. Yeah. The stuntman <laughs> is a strategically yeah. go behind his head. Uh, and this is very cool. I was trying to think, who's the last person that like Mac had a pole fight with? Gabriel Poton? That's what I thought. Maybe? I was, yeah. yeah, I think it was Poton. It was just their, a while ago. Their headbands. <laughs> their headbands, that's right. Yeah. yeah, well, there are a bunch of Donatellos over here. Donatello. So I think this is a, a really great scene. Like, they get, we get some exposition of how, like, Kamir feels about India. Because mm. Richie's like, hey, that, like, seemed like a little bit of, like, what was it? Like, Kendo and this. And he's like, maybe it's a little both. Or maybe it's older than both of them. And then he kind of gives this history of India. Like, India is thousands of years old, and the only way to know it is to, like, live it and breathe it. Uh, And so he describes it as this, like, extremely special place, uh, which I thought was cool. Um, And he also talks about how it survived. Like, it keeps being conquered over and over, but it endures. He speaks very poetically about a lot of things, which I like. Yeah, and like I also really enjoy the interaction that follows that, like like Richie taking that in. He's like almost like jealous. It's like you have this connection to this place that's so profound, and like I won't ever have that. Like I'll, it's like what what will I be thinking back on? Like fast food joints and bowling alleys, and he's like, well, you will feel very differently if you ever see it being like ripped away from right. you. Like suddenly you will realize its value, and like you'll be ready to fight for it. Yeah, and it's just like I don't know. It's interesting because he's. Very specific in the sense that he's talking about India, but like he clearly has like an understanding for like a more global application of what he's experiencing. No, totally. Which I find incompatible with things that happen later. Like many a Highlander villain, he's very interesting and then goes off the rails for reasons I'm not clear on. Yeah. But this is like, I don't know. Insofar as this guy's got like real wisdom to impart, this feels like real kind of universal wisdom right and he also talks about like his immortality like being from that place too is important like because richie's like well i i didn't even have like parents or whatever and kamir's like well none of us did he's like but we're all products of like the culture and place that like created us or whatever and in some ways i think this plays into maybe david abramowitz philosophy of like well how many immortals are there like there's enough out there good and evil to be like proxies for mankind and it's like oh like they all kind of represent different aspects of like humanity over the globe uh, yeah. and i think this comment kind of feeds into that a little bit like i'm yeah, like sense. this indian philosophy like i'm from this part of the world and at this time and you're something different richie and mac is something different too yeah that's interesting do they give us an idea of how old Kamir is in the episode i don't think so mm-hmm. i'm not sure i thought he was older than mac but 
I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but I don't think they ever kind of state well, we, how old he might be. Do we have a Watcher Chronicle for him? We do. Oh, so oh, we'll get an answer we'll to this question. Out. Oh, yeah, baby. Sharpish. <laughs> well, then Matt comes in, and they're going to do a little... Yeah, Richie's like, man, his like, moves fight, got fight, moves. Yeah. Fight, fight. <laughs> Richie wants his two dads to fight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my dad can beat up my dad. <laughs> so Mac and uh, Gamir go at it, and this is cool, too. They, they swashbuckle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is awesome. Yeah. That was another dick joke. Dick yeah. joke. <laughs> but, you know, we'll keep them coming. So there's like a weird Easter egg here that I'm unsure whether or not it comes back. Not Easter egg, but I'm not sure whether this is a point that comes back. Like Mac, you know, draws first poke or whatever. Uh, but then Kamir uses this move to like sweep the leg essentially mm-hmm. and knocks him down. And Mac kind of recognizes it and says like, mm-hmm. oh, the Japanese have a move like that. They call it something, something, The something. Diashi Harai. That's a cool sounding name. Sure. Yeah. And then I'm unsure whether that comes back in their sword fight in some uh, way. I don't think it does. But at some point, like, there's a leg sweep involved. Oh. And I'm unsure if it's supposed to be the same thing or if, like, lessons were supposed to be learned. It was called That's... out so explicitly and fucking named. I was sitting there, like, looking for it later. No, that's a good catch. Either way. If it's in there later, great. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So we'll, t- we'll talk about that when the, the sword fight ends. But at least in round one, Kamir is a bigger dick. Right. Yeah. Also, did anyone notice Matt calls Richie Rich again? Yeah. That like, he calls him Richie Rich. Hey, Richie yeah. Rich. <laughs> Kid billionaire. When you die, you're going to be Casper. What? Casper is the ghost of Richie Rich. Is that a fan theory? Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. Just because, not really, but they're drawn exactly the same. They are. Because they're they? both Harvey Comics characters. Mm. Um, so that's just a little. Harvey Comics. Joke. Can we trust him? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So did he forget his name or? Get renamed? Yeah, when you're a ghost. Uh, <laughs> you get your ghost name. You get your ghost name. <laughs> you, get, yeah. you get renamed as that fat ghost whose name yeah. I don't remember, and that's that. That's right. So we cut to the loft above the dojo, and we're having a little tea time with Kamir. That's his new talk show. <laughs> tea time with Kamir, yeah. <laughs> so they're they're having kind of, they're rehashing this conversation that Kamir and Chandra had mm-hmm. about, like, what use is the, the the Kali statue here? It belongs in India, but Mac is like, it can teach people and help them learn. Yeah. Oh, did we bury the lead? Did we not say that when Mac, during the folder interaction, he's going to strangle her? Oh, yeah. I guess yeah. we kind of did we, forget we to forgot mention to that. Say that. Yeah, we he, just said Mac shows up and then we moved on. Didn't yeah, we? like he, he shows up just as he is pulling out that silken cord, like not to wipe her nose. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like. He's going to fucking as wipe we the learned, life out of her body. As we learned, yeah. garrote her. <laughs> One thing I was thinking about is, uh, does Mac not see that cord when he comes in? He, like, puts it in his pocket. That would be something Mac should remember maybe i think so yeah, yeah. Hmm. or does he not know that he was one of these tuggies uh, oh good question yeah, yeah he, might not he might not have, have put that, that ever yeah like yeah. he might know he's a priest of this thing or i guess he does know that but sure. does he know he's an assassin no i don't think he no, does i don't think doesn't. that's ever revealed yeah. to max so interesting yeah like, he, he reveals it at the end yeah Huh. Interesting. Yeah, like he knows he worships Kali, but yeah. and is a priest of Kali. He doesn't necessarily know that. Hmm. Right. He's a serial choker. Actually, yeah. choking. Uh, uh, serial I, choker. That's actually incorrect. chicken choker. Yeah, that's actually an incorrect use of choking. Choking is the act of being asphyxiated, like when you swallow something and it's stuck in your throat. You're choking. Uh. You're not technically, you don't choke another person. You strangle, strangle. another. Person. So it's like the difference between uh, like itching, itching and scratching. scratching right. Yeah. Like hmm. you have an itch. Yeah. But I'm not itching. You don't itch yourself. You scratch yeah. yourself. You choke. You don't 
get choked. <laughs> Very good. Anyway. All sorts of stuff this week. All right, so... We got uh, some strunken white shit going on So Kamir here. thinks Matt can help because he's like, you can see through Indian eyes, like, how this is important. I like that his first instinct, though, was to murder. Yeah. He doesn't ask yeah. Mac for help first. He's like, well, we just kill this bitch first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it also seems really stupid. Like, then he's got a what? Like steal this like have a heist to get this statue out of there like that seems really difficult i didn't why not just try to buy it like yeah and then he still has to go through whoever replaces her yeah who's like who the fuck are you (laughs) he just has a sheet that he like puts the statue on and is trying to like drag it out yeah also the idea that you can just like buy things from what a museum curator like you just like imagine going into a museum and seeing just a staff member there can i get this like yeah. can you wrap this to go yeah oh no she said i could take it yeah i don't know where your collie statue is this <laughs> one's mine i brought it in with me so we get another flashback to 1764 india so they're like on a little expedition and they're laying in a in a field of some kind, just shooting the shit, asking Mac if Mac has seen any of these tuggies, and right. he actually hasn't. Right. And he's there's just, all this sort of, like, exoticism. They're like, oh, did they, like, tear people's hearts out and do all yeah. this sort of... It's like, oh, like... Well, she she's, like, really thirsty to hear these brutal details and thirsty for other things right. as well. <laughs> weird, weird side question. What do they chant in Temple of Doom when they tear someone's heart out? Kalima. Ooh. Any connection? Probably not. <laughs> or maybe. Yeah, I, I think probably. Yeah. But in a probably racist way. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, that movie, kind of racist. Yes, absolutely. That's the one with the, you, you introduce the kid sidekick and all that stuff, too. Short round. Yeah. That's right. Oh, boy. No time for love, Dr. Jones, as opposed to this scene coming up in Thailand. <laughs> okay, so the colonel walks away. He's doing whatever. And then at some point, somebody uses the phrase crump. Or the word crump. Wait, what? Crump. Is that cramp? Uh, She says crump. That's her British accent. I I have a crump. She totally says crump. Crump. I've got a crump. I died. I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) So she gets up to leave and she gets a quote unquote crump in her leg and she's like oh can you like massage it and it's like ooh. so max starts like rubbing her leg this part is fucked this is so (laughs) crazy so she's like go higher and then he just fingers her (laughs) he puts his how was this on television yes he puts his hand up her skirt and she's literally having an orgasm she has an orgasm which also this is just like perpetuating false myths that it's that quick. But yeah, no, Max, Max so good. That good. <laughs> yeah, he's got the magic. He, he has the, that feather he was using in his hand. At the time. <laughs> also, it's the magic combo of like finger blasting and crump. Like when you get a crump, it changes the blood flow. <laughs> yeah. So it makes it easier. And Max, uh, Max digging this. Yeah, he has this like, like gross like, look on his face. Yeah, he like he's looking hungry. He's in a lean and hungry mood. And this fucking colonel, in addition to being as annoying as possible, is fucking completely oblivious as they have some of like the most over the top like hand sex yeah well let's just say it's like he like, has sex with his fingers yeah. next to him yeah <laughs> like like the innuendo they're using it's like i want some spice yeah. <laughs> it's like, god damn he just throws a handful of cardamom in her face yeah. and calls it good here's some cardamom solid bitch <laughs> but it's bad and then when they're done she like hastily puts her skirt down and he's like there like i fixed your cramp or something like that this is like bad porn dialogue yeah Yeah. oh no it broke 
can you broke. Can I you have please... to bend over and fix it. <laughs> yeah, it's like my sink is clogged. Can you work it out for me? <laughs> That's what this is. Only with a bustier in the 1600s. Good scene. I, I was really surprised at how graphic this was. I, I was it's shocked. Pretty gra- at how graphic this was. Uh, although in the special features, I think it said that like this wasn't quite in the script. Oh, it was like improvised. It's, like, oh, the, there was an improv finger. Uh, yeah. thing. <laughs> well, I think the the rubbing was supposed to be there, but yeah. not her coming on camera. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think David Tynan was like, "That was all Molly Parker," and he's like, Sh-. "And yeah, also Molly in the- Parker." <laughs> yeah, Parker. I hardly know her. Uh, yeah. But I think also also his description of her is like is gross. He's like she brought a lot of like sensuality to this role and like and and, 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 and like she in also, other roles she's done yeah. even more. It's yeah. like yeah. Whoa, she also improved the races. That was <laughs> all real. All. None of that was in the script. <laughs> it's all real, baby. Uh, I'm just kidding. Molly Parker, not a racist, I assume. Uh, no, I'd assume not either. <laughs> yeah, I have no evidence one way or the other of her racial animus. Yeah. So well, we'll move past the fingering scene, yeah. shall we? Yes, please. I don't want to, but okay. We can live in this moment for a little longer. <laughs> nope. I've already lived and died and been reborn. Do you guys want to play the clip? We can just, yeah. just yeah. hear the Let's ruffling. take a break. <laughs> All right, so we cut later. Uh, we're still in India. And so they're, uh, I guess, returning on horseback, and they see this funeral pyre mm-hmm. being set up to burn this dead man. And a wife, a wife, his wife is just I guess, a random wife. Just a, yeah, the mm. town wife. Uh, she comes. She's the going to, I guess, wife. throw herself on this pyre to be burned with her husband. And this is the, the sati ritual, right? And this is like odd. Like Mac, like connects eyes with her, and then is like, "I've got to save her." Like in yeah. this moment, he knows that I guess she doesn't want to do it or something they, like that's that. That's what they talk about later. Yeah, and later mm. he contextualizes. He's like, "I saw in your face that you wanted to live," which maybe was true. I don't know. But he basically abducts her. There's a parallel between the current story and this past story. Like, Ramsey here is like, well, it's it's their culture. It's her fate to be buried. And he's very disturbed. And Mac is like, no, fate's like what you make it or whatever. And then intercedes. And this is very similar to, I think, the arguments that happen later, like where Kamir is like, well, this is my culture. I needed to act in this way. And Mac is like, no. I mean, we'll get into this later. But there's this, like, sort of cultural, moral relativism Cult- going on. And, like, is with this culture episode. destiny and, yeah. you know, all that stuff. So, yeah, I thought it was interesting. But, yeah, Mac yeah. kidnaps this woman and rides off. Yep. <laughs> and he gets chewed out by the colonel. Oh, also, did anyone see the Kali statues in the background of yes. this ceremony? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh, how about that? Easter eggs. Not Easter eggs. Easter Kali. Yeah. Easter Kali. <laughs> Easter Kali. Yeah. Easter Kali. So Colonel Ramsey is fucking pissed that Mac interfered. And the right. other person who is pissed that he interfered is the woman the he woman. rescued. Because yeah. I guess he, Mac has shamed her now. Her name is Vashti. Vashti. So she was saying it was like her choice. I was going to die on his funeral bed, but you shame me in front of my people, my gods, and my dead husband. Like, how can I live with this? Mac yeah. is about to show her away. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mac is like, did you love him or whatever? Like, for Mac, this is about like true love, not duty. Yeah. And she reveals how, that, like, she didn't really ever love him. But Yeah. I, I find it far-fetched that he could tell that just from looking at her I know, time. yeah. But maybe, I don't know, I'm looking too much into it. For some reason, I, like, accepted it. Now that I think yeah. about it, it's, like, weird. But in the yeah. moment, like, I believe that they, like, vibed. I don't know. <laughs> Part of me wishes there just wasn't any of the vibing. It was just, like, Mac was like, no, this is wrong, and interceded. And then maybe later got the hots for her. Yeah. Well, not like, I don't even mean the hots, that like he looked at her and in that moment knew that it wasn't what she wanted. Oh, right, right, right. Like, it's a little bit far-fetched, I guess, mm-hmm. but like, that he could see something in her face that was like, even if she wasn't saying it, like, wanted help. Done not So how do we feel about Mac interceding here? 
I don't I I feel like it's I don't know. I I had trouble with this. I'm like, yes, this is this culture's custom, but I don't want to say something too incendiary, but I feel like that doesn't make it right. I would agree. Well, that's that's killing this woman just because her husband's dead. Yeah. Well, that's like one of those things that's really difficult. It's just like because there is a a degree of like relativism and all these things that that's based on culture. I don't know. I feel like there are certain things in my culture that I am incapable of suspending. Like, I can suspend an awful lot on a lot of things. I don't know that I can suspend a woman sacrificing herself on the pyre for her dead husband. Like, I am not sure that, like, maybe that's a a failure on my part, but that is not, like, a moral I feel like I can compromise under any circumstances. Like, that's just, like, a wall that I can't climb. And maybe that's a failure of imagination on my part. But, like, the nature, this is not, this is not preference if you're, if you come from Max culture, like yeah. this is so bedrock that like you'd probably feel like shit and like you right. really <clears throat> messed up if you witnessed this happening and didn't do something. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. But yeah. at the same time, it's not your culture. It's not your thing. Also, and it was her choice and all this stuff. And we'll maybe get into this more later. This like this episode deals with like I thought this was one of the heaviest moral quandaries that the show's presented. Oh, oh and it's also interesting because it's a very different sort of moral quandary, I think, than some of the yeah. other questions it's asked. I read in the news recently, like, this settee thing is... I'm not an expert, but, like, it's illegal there now. Okay. But there are some, like, fringe villages that still do it. Wow. And, like, one one village recently, like, a woman was forced to, like, die. Wow. Because of this, and they're in trouble and blah, 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 so... Right. I have a hard time shutting off the part of my brain that's probably, this is probably not giving them enough credit that thinks that it's a system that's kind of coercive. You right. know, people freely, in quotes, make the choice, but mm-hmm. how much of a choice is it under the circumstances? I don't know. Yeah, I'd be curious. I didn't find this out, but how common this was and did this happen all the time or is this like a particular, I don't I know either. enough about it. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, we should probably... Tricky. We're, t- we're we're wading into territory that requires facts that we do not know. Correct. So we should probably so talk tread, even more. Let's, let's, yeah. let's triple down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, let's tread lightly because now. All right. Well, let's let's know. talk about uh, we cut to the present. So Kamir's kind of argument is you can't separate an art from its people. They're inextricable or inseparable. Right. And this is I, like this. This episode has a lot of stuff. This is like moral question B. <laughs> In this episode, like yeah. what I, I had in my notes, like, what do we think about this? Like, what do we feel about like in a lot of instances, it's like stolen Egyptian art and stolen Indian art, even and, Greek stuff. Yeah. If you go to if, if you go to Greece, they have replicas of all the shit because it's because they're all in London. They're all in London. <laughs> right. Like because they just looted it. And yeah. there it is. Like there's their culture residing elsewhere. Yeah. And so how do we feel about like a culture owning this art and it being returned and I don't know, this is very interesting to me. Especially like now like post all that. Like in some ways post I mean colonial. Yeah, yeah. I mean like I get that the British stole a bunch of art. I mean it's I don't agree with it, but like it happened. But like now what do you do with it? Like does it all should it all get returned? Does it not? Yeah. Uh and I think in a lot of instances a lot has been returned, right? At least in Egypt. But a lot of that has, yeah. And then there's also this question of like does what's her name again the curator chandra chandra does she have a a valid point that like this is legitimately educational Mm -hmm. like its value is in some ways heightened by being abroad because it gives new people a window into this culture that they might never have had and is that valuable and maybe they're both valuable but which one trumps the other right Mm -hmm. i don't know i think i'm ultimately very sympathetic to i think it's a mixture of the two uh, well i think it's 
I think I'm ultimately on Kamir's side on this one, mm-hmm. but like it's not a slam dunk by right. any stretch. I'm with him up to the point where he <laughs> murders people. <laughs> murders people. Yeah, yeah. But I remember when I first learned that like a lot of the stuff that I saw in museums was actually stolen. Like that was shocking to mm-hmm. me as a young a young person. And now I'm just kind of like I don't know if they want it back. And I don't know. Well, give it I, back. I also am <laughs> yeah. not sure that, so, to what extent the presentation that they're kind of looted is even made normally. I don't know. Like I feel like that's the, that's still something you need to be informed. Yeah. Right. Like I don't feel like when I went, when like like I was in school, like certainly through graduating high school, and like we went to a museum on a field trip. I don't recall anyone saying. And by the way, the cultures that have these artifacts want them back because right. You know, they were purchased or taken during, like, a colonial period and now have just been traveling through streams of commerce. But, yeah. like... Like every, pla- like, every placard doesn't say, like, from the uh, McMaster collection, originally yeah. stolen from yeah. Egypt <laughs> in, you know, 1875. Like... Yeah. Like, there's yeah. nothing that says that. I don't know. That's notable. We mm-hmm. should just, like, hang a lantern yeah. on that. Because that might... We're assuming that this is part of, like, everyone's understanding of these pieces. And I'm... That's I don't... I, I legitimately don't know whether that's true. Right. Yeah. Well, we know where Mac falls on this side of the bait, sort of, when he goes to visit Chandra. So, yeah. So, in the next scene, Mac visits Chandra in her office. And, and he's, I guess, trying to say, like, well, let's figure out if this was actually stolen or not. Right. Yeah. Because that's a big deal. Like, Mac... And that she has not done her research on. Yeah. Like, Mac is pretty even keeled about this. Yeah. He's just like, you know what? If they purchased it legitimately, they should keep it. If this is, in fact, stolen, it should absolutely go back. And, you know, I think that's a pretty okay position to have on this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He poses the, or she poses the question, should everything go back? Right. And this is where he's like, uh, not a bad idea. And right. he's playing with his stapler. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is like, you know, she has that point. It's like, do we yeah. just empty out, like, the Louvre and the, the Met and mm-hmm. the... Yeah. In any case, it's like, do you just send it all back? And it's like, oh, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe you do. I don't know. Uh, but I agree. It's like, if you accept the premise, it is a big task. Yeah, there's absolutely. A lot, there's a lot to be done and a lot to be worked out. Right. So then so she then, makes a phone call. And on a hilarious phone. Yeah. <laughs> it's the size of a brick. Yeah, it is enormous and gray. You know what time it is in London? Oh, you'll save on rates. Yeah. <laughs> so she finds out that Malay is dead. And that he's been murdered. Been strangled, so yeah. Strangled, yeah. And Max like, oh, shit. <laughs> right. So we can... And he knows instantly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think he's, so. he's hip to this. I need some new merch, baby. <laughs> you, you need new merch? Well, you need, need new merch? New We've merch. got the same old merch that we've been <laughs> schlocking for the past year, and it's... We, it'll be great for you. But it's high quality, right? Oh, hell yeah. And it's new to you. It's new to you. It's new to me. I don't have it, even though I created it. How can well, I... the shoemaker's kids go barefoot? That's right. What is this? These are... What, what, what are yeah, we let us tell you about here? this new merch you can get. <laughs> yeah. They're Highlander, collectible Highlander the series magnet sets. Highlander? Well, that's what this show's about that we're talking about. That's right. Shit. It is a set of five custom-made character magnets featuring the likes of Duncan McLeod, Amanda, Joe Dawson, Mythos and a very special warrior Scottish Highlands Duncan. That's like the barbarian. Flashbacks. Yeah, that's right. I, he's the barbarian Mac. Wow. Yeah. So these must be like fifty dollars for the whole set. That's crazy. Thirty. No, because it is. This cra- it, it is crazy because it is not that much. <laughs> How much is it? Fifteen dollars. Yeah. Fifteen dollars. That's three dollars a magnet plus oh shipping goodness. and handling. That's what so cheap. You this shit is cheap. heavy as hell too. I've gotten jacked carrying boxes of these things. Yeah. 
We have carried these boxes various places, and they are very heavy. Very heavy. Keith, how fun is it to carry them through TSA? Uh, they want to check every single magnet with their little ray gun. <laughs> I'm like, they're all the same. We got to check them all. God damn it. Thank you, for, thank you for protecting the skies, sir. Yeah. <laughs> Highlander magnets. Wow, where can we buy these magnets? You can get them on Etsy.com. Just search Highlander Rewatch or head on over to our Facebook page and click the Shop Now button. That's Facebook.com backslash Highlander Rewatched. Well, I'm going to buy these and hang up all my old report cards that I keep around the house. That's right. It always comes back to the report cards. That's now, right. When the chips are down, what else do you put on a refrigerator? Nothing. You know, it's a little upsetting. I've got a new refrigerator. Not magnetic. Uh, pretty what? upset about it. What is it, made of wood? <laughs> yeah, it's a wooden refrigerator. Like, how is it not magnetic? Magnets won't stick to it. Wow. Why did they do that? That's cuckoo bananas. Is it, is it nice? Yeah. <laughs> is it, is I mean, it like, nice? I don't know. Like, is it like stainless steel looking? Yeah. Hmm. And that's not... What? But it's not magnetic. That's oh. crazy. It's kooky. It's cuckoo bananas. Oh, well, listen. Maybe test your cookie. test your fridge out first. See if it's you know no. magnet compatible. Don't do see that. See if it's report card compatible. Uh, Eamon's grades are so good they reject magnets. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't have a report card, enroll in a community college class. There you go. Take a couple of you know take adult a, learning take, courses. Take a class on art history. Ooh. Not because it's practical. This is just for you. Yeah. Educate yourself. Mm-hmm. But yeah, buy your special Highlander magnet set. Today. And it supports the podcast. Yeah. Way to kill the ending of that one. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> so we got back to the dojo, and Kamir and Richie Ryan are having another lesson. Mm-hmm. This is the, the conversation I referenced earlier about, you know, but where am I from? Bowling alleys. Yes. yes. This, is, this is where that happens. That's a great line. Like, Mac has the Highlands, you have India, I have bowling alleys and fast food joints. Why don't we listen to the clip? It's a good clip. Yeah, let's Shabash. Well done, as we say in India. Must have been quite a world. India has many worlds, Richie. From the borders of Sri Lanka up to the Himalayas. Anything you could imagine, India had it. India was it. And as the great wheel turns, will be that again. Good. Men like us must preserve where we come from, because that is what makes us sane. That is what makes us holy. Sure. If you come from somewhere, or someone... You only say this because you don't know who your parents are. No immortal does. We are children and heirs of the time and place that bore us. So, Max got the Highlands, you've got India, I've got bowling alleys and fast food joints. You have much more than that, Richie. And you will know it when it starts to die before you. And you will fight for it. Even if you are, as I am, the last of your kind. That's some good shit. Like, that's that's really quality. It's good, good writing and stuff. Part of this is good writing, and I like it. And part of it just... I don't know if we want to get into this. Part of it makes me think of the uh, white supremacist movement preserving our culture. And like, I get echoes of that here. I, 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 got, I got it, too. I did write in my notes. This guy is a real nationalist, like in yeah. maybe a bad way. I don't know. And is it is it different somehow or not? Or is it the same? Or like, I can kind of see both sides of it. It's very different for the, the 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 reasons that follow, which is to say, one, he is inherently inclusive in the sense that he is super keen to carry on the thing that he has come from and his culture. 
he also thinks Richie's culture is very valid. Like he's he's trying to convince Richie, like, no, 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 don't denigrate your culture. Your culture is spectacular. He's not saying that like my pursuit, my desire to preserve this history of India is adverse to you. It's not like a pie that you can only eat so much of. Like yours is great, and you will understand the value of it over time. That is one. Number two, white nationalism is based on a false idea that white people are under siege or under threat or that because other people are prevail like starting to, you know, achieve and have access to the same resources that they are under threat. That is false. That is a bullshit premise that people use to de- to punch downward to harm people who already aren't occupying the same equal footing that they should. And that makes it wildly different. White nationalists punch downward, and it's disgusting. (laughs) It's gross. Sorry to all our Nazi listeners out there, but no, that is the thing that is different. And people always, like, make this dumb point. It's like, oh, you're not allowed to be proud to be white. And it's like, no, no, no. You exist in your culture. Everything around you celebrates the culture that you come from. It's everywhere. You surround it. The people who are doing that are denigrating other cultures and not putting them on the same the same pedestal. That's the end of my rant on this. There we go. It is different. <laughs> but what about reverse racism? <laughs> That's true. What about Fuck that? you and the horse you rode in on. <laughs> I feel like we're going to get some hate mail on this one. No. But I don't care. I don't know. No, I think that, that puts it well. Or yeah. Also, like, I don't know. There's not a problem with, like, I'm Irish. I'm celebrating my Irish heritage. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, white heritage... Well, white heritage isn't is a heritage. Yeah, it's, it's, white it's, people are consistent of, like, how much do does Spain and Norway have in common when the chips are down? Not a lot. Of like, or If you're both going to be like, oh, we're celebrating our white heritage, you're like, the fuck you are. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, you're, you're celebrating, a, like, a, a fictitious race right. at that point. You are yeah. not celebrating... You know, if you want to, like, listen to Irish jigs and, like, learn how to make really good shepherd's pie, I don't know. I'm struggling <laughs> yeah. on on my Irish culture at the moment. Beer. <laughs> yeah. I get drunk all the time. Yeah. Like, nobody, literally no one on the planet will give you a hard time for that. No. No one on the planet thinks that you don't have the right to enjoy that. Anyone who's, like, making the argument, like, oh, you don't have to like anything anymore. Fuck you. Yeah. Very good. Although, Eamon, I, I do think I, I was, like, a little sensitive to, like, the kind of nationalist tone of his thing. That's probably just because I think of the political climate we're in today. Well, I think we should be right to have heightened awareness of that in these moments. Mm. But we sure. uh, there's a baby. There's bathwater. Keep them separate. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Okay, That's so. Weird. Mac comes in and interrupts this little moment. He's like, Richie, can you uh, leave us alone? Yeah, Mac is pissed. He's yeah. like, we need a moment. Yeah. And this is this is where our intro is. Yeah, so this is where Max like, yeah, Martin Malay was killed and Kamir's like, yes, the the great wheel of like justice like turns, like the goddess has taken her revenge. He says in like the passive voice as though he had nothing to do with <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. And Max's like, "Oh, maybe you helped her out a little bit." <laughs> He's like, "What? You you're judging me for this?" He he says Malay was doing worse than murdering people because he is harming the people of India's souls by taking this statue away. And that's worse than being a murderer, which is an interesting like point he, of view. Like he's like a like he's not trying to kill a person. He's trying to kill a culture. Like he is 
Like, that is what his crime is, essentially. Right. The McLeod I knew wasn't so quick to judge. That's right. And then we get a flashback. Which, it, like, goes over his shoulder and, like, a carpet appears. And, like, they it goes through the, the door. door and, I like, liked this. It, it's I interesting. Know. I was like... It, like, ended up looking better than I thought it would. Yeah, because, like, it really isn't an element of the present that they're focusing on. It just, like... They just kind of do it, but it worked. I don't know. And we get a panther growl. (laughs) So Mac is stomping around, and he finds a garter on the ground. Mm -hmm. Ho-ho, dear readers. Mac's costume is awesome in this, too. He's, you know, again, again in like a Indian, like a very kind of ornate, Indian garb that mm-hmm. looks dope. Yeah, I mean, it looks good. His, his hair's, hair's all, down, all down. He's yeah. like, yeah, mm, he looked good. Yeah, with a body like that. <laughs> Meanwhile, Miss Ramsey, she's also ready to ram. Kind of, yeah, she's ready to ram. She's coming on to Mac. That was like a little right. The only thing greater than her lust for Mac is her racism. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So she wants to Mac it with Mac. She's just like grabbing him, basically. But Mac, I guess, wants to go visit Vashti. Vashti. Yeah. Is that where he's going, or is he just walking by? I think so, because then she like shoves it. He's like, "Oh, I'm sure you have other things to do, like with that little brown tart of yours." She oh says. boy. This is like, yeah. uh, is it because it it's figs? Like the tart is made with figs. No. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's a, it's just yeah. cooling on the windowsill. <laughs> yeah. I'm so he's, hungry. He's gonna. He's about to go pull a hot take That's by right. by taking the tart while it's still <laughs> cooling. Mm, uh, delicious. So at this no, point, this Mac horrible. like dumps her. I guess. Yeah. He's like, like, we're at, done finger blasting. Yeah. And he's, she's like, at least I'm white. And it's like, yeah, pretty fucked the up. Fuck? Yep. And then Mac gets really angry and chews her away. I had somebody in high school tell me. It doesn't matter what I think. He's not even white. What? Yeah. To you? Yeah. Oh, okay. Fascinating. <laughs> How about that? Vashti overhears all this as she is lurking in a <laughs> alcove. <laughs> yes. And she's like, ooh, this Mac character. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Ramsey and his buddy are on the road. And so they come across this, like, Bigger. I guess this thuggy camp or whatever it is. Yeah. And they're playing their sitar music and some tablas. And they get, like, ambushed. By, like, a guy pretending to be a beggar. Yeah. I don't really know why that ruse needed to happen, but... Yeah, I don't know either. Just mm. get them. Yeah, just get them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but they end up killing these two guys... And of course, Kamir is there. He reveals himself, and, and he's the Ramsey's like, "Whoa, what are you doing here, Kamir? Yeah. <laughs> uh, unhand me, she? <laughs> uh, yeah." So he gets garroted. This is this is probably the finest example of Kyle's hated camera uh-huh. technique. Oh yeah, I remember this. Well, yeah. like the way this, this is, is shot, insane. <laughs> yeah, the way this is shot, except for the zoom, is like kind of like frantic and interesting. Yeah. They keep on cutting to the musicians who are sitting there, like almost like smiling while yeah. like I like brutal violence is happening. I like the cutting. I don't like all the in and out because mm, it's t- terrible. Yeah, <laughs> a little too much. It's, it's very too bad. It's too much. This is hard to watch. <laughs> Not because of the content. I'm like, oh, this is cool, but apparently they filmed this at night. And, like, it was hard to see, so they had to do all this, like, zooming in and stuff. Hmm. So they're dead. Yep, so they're dead. So we're back in the present now, and we're resuming this previous argument. And Max says a thing that I thought was very strange. In his argument defending, uh, what's his name? Uh, Malay. Malay. He's like, was it Martin Malay's wish to die? Was, like, the question he poses. It's like, that's the argument, man? Like, c- come on, dig deeper. Like, he's, No, he's, well, he's, I think he's, he, that's an awkward way to say it. 
what he meant to say is, yeah, did Martin, like, did Martin Malay want to die? Did you want to kill him? Like, he's basically just throwing in his face, like, Martin Malay didn't want to die. Like, you didn't, I guess you, you so. didn't get to kill him. Yeah. I don't know. Is it, was it his wish to die? It makes it sound really strange. But even, like, did yeah. he want to die? I mean, like, I don't think that's necessarily on the table when you are issuing justice in this regard. Like, is that a question that Mac is asking? Like, you know, I know they murdered, like, 40 people. I don't know if he wants to die. Like, so I better not do anything about it. I don't know. Strange. He didn't murder 40 people, though. No, I know. I'm just, you know. So then Mac uh, also says he has never done anything like, he's never killed a mortal unless someone else's life was at stake. We know that's not true. And I was like, ah, yeah. I don't remember. But... I've killed people with their, with their children watching. Oh, that's like, right. Yeah, like, that oh, shit. He did say that. He has said that, which is like, wait, was there children watching while they were threatening another mortal so you had to kill them? Did they bring their kid to a massacre that you presented? No, you were the massacrer. Right. Yeah, so don't bullshit us, man. He's killed mortals in revenge for things they've done. But arguably, people are no longer in danger after they correct do the and thing. in this case, there is no danger really presented. No, in this term, like uh, mortal danger, like yeah. a life will not be lost if the statue stays where it is. But yeah. he is strictly speaking lying. Yeah, <laughs> Mac is just wrong. He's using alternative facts. <laughs> this reminded me actually a lot of uh, the fighter. This sort of argument they're having. Yeah. Like, who are you to judge me? You've done stuff like this. You've killed people. Yeah, Yeah. and Max somehow is able to, like... Well, in the fighter, we we always discount that he did kill George. Oh, yeah, yeah. Once he killed George, he was fucked. That's right. Yeah, fuck you, Sully. Sully. But if he hadn't killed George, that would have been different. Exactly. So we cut up to the the loft, and now Richie and Mac are kind of continuing Mm -hmm. this argument. And Richie, of course, is taking the side, I guess... Or playing devil's advocate uh, on the side of Kamir. And Mac is fixing a pot. Yeah, he's yes. like, I, I was like, what is Mac fiddling Wait, he with He already this fixed time? that clock, yeah. so yeah. now he's got to fix He had to fix clock. that clock twice. He fixed it, and then uh, yeah. Mikey. Mikey, Mikey broke it, yeah. and then he had to fix it again. <laughs> so Richie, he's arguing that it isn't necessarily wrong that Malay is murdered, which I think is interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, like, Richie's just taking up the part. It's like, this guy is, like, coming from a different culture. This is more serious to him than it is to you, like... Right. You don't understand what the stakes are for Kamir right. in this instance. But then Duncan says, like, Richie doesn't work like that. They thought in the 12th century when you cut off somebody's hand, like, they thought that when you cut off someone's hand for stealing a loaf of bread, like, that was wrong. So but Max, then, like, arguing that Kamir's sense of justice is, like, dated and is from a different place and, you know. Right. And we it, update this. Yeah, and not cool anymore. Right. Which is interesting and certainly in that example, true. Mm-hmm. I like that, like, Richie flat out asks Mac, like, well, just because he believes something different doesn't make him evil, right? And Mac's like, no, it doesn't. Like, Mac's on board. They're like, Kamir's not a bad guy, which is good. But he is. Well, eventually, yeah, yeah. He is. Well, yeah he's a bad guy. Uh, as we will learn soon. But, yeah, this conversation, I mean, well, this entire conversation around it is good. But it's interesting that, like, now we get it coming from Richie. Mm-hmm. That it's also, not- can we talk about Richie's hair? And, like, <laughs> Richie's do. hair is all slicked, slicked back. back. And he's like... Up on the table, yeah. Like he's like perched up there. Yeah. It's good. I'm just picturing Spider Man now. <laughs> like only he's a greaser. Yeah, a greasy Spider Man. <laughs> so now we get a flashback again. Mm-hmm. And Mac, man, something about this Mac and the, this like Indian garb. He's got to like fight the ladies off with a stick. He's talking to Kamir, I guess, because they're worried that uh, Ramsey has not come back yet. Yeah, and Max is, concerned about like the fallout. Like, if he did get killed by Tuggies, like, well, this will be far worse. Like, I know Ramsey's not good, but 
they'll send, you know, 10 Ramses in his place. Yeah, to, and they'll kill a bunch of people in retaliation. Right. Right. Uh-huh. So then they see the widow Vashti, and he's like, I do not think that she's here to see me. Yeah. She is here for you. So Kamir makes a beeline, and then Vashti and him have a little chat. So she's basically just asking, why did you turn away Miss Ramsey? She's beautiful, she's English, she's white, blah, blah, blah. She's like you. Yeah. <laughs> Matt's like, no, she's nothing like me. She's a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> basically, yeah. yeah. Uh, but once again, like she's... being white is magic. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so then Matt goes to visit her in her room later. Mm-hmm. And Kamir is Kamir, leaving. And he's like, you've made the right decision. It's like, ooh, what's this about? Right. So Matt goes in. And he does a little look like, huh? oh, well. <laughs> yeah, oh, well. <laughs> then there's an interesting conversation about Vashi's asking, like, do you believe you need to, like, live a pure life to, like, move on? And, like, all this sort of kind of karma reincarnation stuff. Yeah. And also just, like, more generically, like, do you, need, do you think you need to, like, always do what you think is right? Like, try to be honorable. Right. Blah, 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 which, of course, are seeds that will come back five minutes from now. Right. Uh, and Max, like, I'm not sure about all that, but he's like, I do believe we should try, and no one's perfect, but we should act yeah. accordingly, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. So then he max her. Yep, and then they just, yeah. fuck. <laughs> yep. There's this part where, like, she picks up a candle, and the candle has, like, weird cloth at the bottom of it, and she takes it to another table. And the way she puts the candle down on the table because of this cloth is, like, so awkward. <laughs> And she, like, pauses for a moment to make sure that the candle doesn't fall over. I was just like, why? Why? Like, that distracted me to no end. So that's me crazily watching this. And I'm just like, why give her this, like, unwieldy candle that she can't put down? (laughs) So what do we think of this heat, guys? It's very hot. Very hot. Heats. Yeah. Heats. (laughs) So, yeah, they go downtown Charlie Brown. Max getting a lot of action in this episode. Yeah, Yeah. I know, right? Reese's hand has (laughs) The master uh, macker. So we cut to the next morning. Vashti is getting dressed, and she's going to head to the temple. And she needs to go alone, she says. And uh, also, she reveals that she's in love with Mac. That's right. Because yeah, I guess she best. said, like, Mac was like, oh, or she told Mac, I guess, before she's never been in love. Mm. But after she had that sweet D, <laughs> she is <laughs> in love. Yeah. Bomb D, man. So Mac sleeps in like a lazy bastard. Right. He's tired from all that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> from all his banging. Yep. Um, so he's going down, and then there's just a, no! <laughs> and then he gets smacked in the face two times. Uh, it's amazing. Uh, what's the sound effect on this like? <laughs> it's, like it's like somebody took a stake and threw it against the wall. Yeah. And Max's reaction to it is great. Like He gets hit, returns to normal instantaneously, and then gets hit again. Yeah. And he's just back on track. It's yep. great. <laughs> so it's... Uh, Mrs. Colonel, Mrs. Colonel, shrieking Alice. about her dead husband right. who's been found buried then, in the dirt. Yep, and then of course she lobs some more racist nonsense at Mac about your precious Indians uh, have killed my husband. Your precious Indians, you know, <laughs> your precious Indians, you know. We cut back to the present, and Kamir shows up at the loft, and the Cali statue is there. Is there? They have transported yeah. this priceless statue. To Mac's apartment. To a gym. To a gym. So then Mac can give it to him. What? Like, why are we moving it around this much? Yeah, why is it upstairs? (laughs) Like, they must have had to pack it up. So they Mm -hmm. brought it to Mac's place, unpacked it. So Mac has apparently made peace with the decision to kill Malay, right? That's what this indicates. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know what? Like, I don't agree, but there was a transgression here. He did steal it. You are entitled to this back. I'm meeting you this far. So, like, Mac is showing some uncharacteristic flexibility here right it seems to be pretty chill about the whole thing 
Well, also, what's pretty interesting is, I don't know if anyone watched the deleted scene. There's like an extended, like the extended and deleted scenes on the DVD. One of them is between, right, mm-hmm. Chandra and Mac. And Mac is kind of agreeing, like, give it back to him and I'll pay the difference. Yeah. So I, I think this is another one of those instances where Mac's like, I'll just use my money to fix the problem. Like, what will make this go away? Money. I'll, I'll just... It's the 20th century. Money is the superpower. Oh, Actually, yeah, sure. sorry, not even the 20th century. It's always been. Money is the superpower. Yeah. Uh, so there is Thanks, this Bruce deleted Lane. scene yeah. where I think, yeah, that's, that's where this kind of comes from. It's like, I don't know if it's Max necessarily has a change of heart. But maybe maybe he does. But I think he feels like the easiest path is to just kind of make this go away. Grease yeah. the wheels a little bit, All right? With Richie's hair grease. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but he kind of seems like agitated, Mac. He's kind of like, "All right, come on, like here's your statue, leave." Well, I think he thinks. Well, I think he's not wrong. Like, yeah, this guy's a liability. Being I guess around. so. Like, yeah, he, he really still, wants him he out kills of there. People, because right. like. Right. Camille's like, "Oh, I owe you so much," and Max like, "Show it and leave." It's yeah. like, "Jeez, man." Like, <laughs> Well, he's he's like legitimately like thank you very much for this it means a lot and Mac is like yeah Mac, you can prove it by getting out of my house I, I'm fine with it because really? this guy's still a fucking killer like Mac ate his medicine and is willing to come along to the idea that this guy did this thing that he thinks is unthinkable but I guess he so. is willing to tolerate it and understand it like this is not like oh I've eventually over time developed a case for curry and now I like it like this is you killed someone I will never be okay with this but I am like willing to understand why you did it. But I don't want to be around you. I like so. you're a fucking killer. Like as far as Max is concerned, this guy is still a murderer. But like he's willing to suspend disbelief. I don't know. Hmm. You don't go from zero to sixty on that. Where like I think you killed someone. Now we're best friends. I don't know. I guess not. I guess m- my thought is just that like Mac hasn't really had a beef with this guy before, and he killed like one dirt bag. And Mac is like so done with him. I'm like, he, well, I, like he, I think I'm Max like, dealt with a lot worse. That's I don't all. know. Anyways, there are a lot of people I've never had a beef with. And even people who I rather like. And if I found out they killed someone, even someone I don't particularly care for, my opinion on them would adopt, would change with that information. That's all I'm saying. Eamon, you're great. But if you're going around garroting people, I might think like less of you. I'm, you know. But he's never done of it before. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe my point is uh, correct. <laughs> maybe it's just that I think Mac has had he's, far he's, worse he's, friends. You know, well, that is the company fact, Mac has kept has been pretty lousy yeah, in some is, cases. That is and this guy true. is like, you know. And he's very aggro about this whole thing. Yeah. And he obviously hasn't learned his lesson because immediately after <laughs> this, he's at the university um, following Sean. In fucking stealth mode. Yeah. He's really he's like, like a ghost. lurking. So she's like walking through some weird service entrance or something. I don't know. It looks like a weird hallway. And he's sneaking behind her with his silk cord. Mm-hmm. And right as he's about to get her, he gets the buzz. And she doesn't notice any of this somehow. No. They're that stealthy. Very yeah. stealthy. And Mac is just like, man, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a fair response. It like, is. I mean, he is, gave him this is more than an ugly way. This is fucked. I think that the way things have gone up until now are, like, fairly acceptable in terms of, like, Kamir doing something that I think is on, like... I would never be okay with him killing Malay. Like, I will never be cool with that. Right. But, like, it's on the extreme of the understandable, at least within the rules of Highlander. Him trying to kill this girl is so utterly inexcusable. Like, this woman, excuse me, is just horrifying, especially because she relented. He wanted something. She consented to give it to him. Like, and, and now he's just mad because he describes her as, like, the worst sort of, like, traitor. Like, she's this, a traitor she's, to, like, She's worse to him than Malay. Yeah. yeah. This is where I think the white nationalist concern comes in. Right. Because, like, one of the things they're very into, which is why, like, 
you know, when they see that Cheerios commercial with a biracial family, and Ooh, they barf. Freak, yeah, <laughs> like they freak out. Is because like the notion of being trader. like a race traitor, yeah. and that that is bad. Yeah. Like that is that is some serious racist nationalist shit mm. that. And we should this, all be upset about. Yeah, Mac is like, whatever Kali's laws are, like, she's not subject to them. And then we trigger another flashback. And so Mac is arriving to another funeral pyre. And he's yelling, like, Vashti, Vashti. And she is now dead on this pyre. And we get revealed from Kamir that this was, I guess, like a ritual suicide. To, like, set right the ritual that Mac interrupted. Exactly. And that she did it for herself and because she loved Mac. That's what Kamir says anyway. Like, she did this because she loves you. Yeah, and you get, right. like, these flashbacks to a few minutes ago where she's saying, like, do you believe you should try to do the right thing? She should mm-hmm. try to live honorably and do this whole thing. And, like, which in the, the, the set of rules that she's playing with includes going through with this. Right. So, like, Mac, in some ways, inadvertently, like, kind of nudged her to do this, unbeknownst to himself. Well, she yeah. had already decided in some ways because Kamir had left her room right before Mac got there. Right. So at that point, I guess she was like, I'm going to go out with a bang, literally. Yeah. <laughs> like, Let's do this. <laughs> but uh, Kamir's pretty even keeled, I thought, here. Like, Mac is flipping out and is ready to kill Kamir. And Kamir's like, no. And he talks Mac down about how this is what she wanted and this is right and this is our culture. And it works out. Like, when this flashback started, I was expecting, especially considering what we're about to see Kamir do or what we were, what Mac interrupted Kamir doing in the present, that we were going to see some sense in which Kamir is more responsible for her death or like you know maybe it's not as voluntary as presented that mm-hmm. he like coerces her like I mean I could her. definitely see that yeah that talk in the room was more like you need to do this maybe but, but we, we don't, don't see we that we don't get anything like no. that no it's yeah. I think I think we are supposed to think that this is purely as pure as it can be a voluntary choice it's not like he killed her and right right then, you know was forcing her to go through with this thing right which I thought was what was going to happen based yeah. on what he's doing in the present. Yeah, I thought he was just going to kill her or something. But is Kamir like a fallen version of himself? Perhaps. Uh, I would say maybe, yeah. I mean, so then we flash or cut forward to the present, and Kamir is like, I am India. I am Kali. Kali. Like, it's I a, am the law. He, like, yeah. He thinks he is a god. Yeah. And Mac is like, no. Which right. Is, this just, this is all out of nowhere. Too. This felt completely out of nowhere. Like yeah. his rationalization for killing Malay, which I vehemently disagree with, were words coming out of a sane person's mouth. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like I understand why he might have that position, even though I think it's completely incorrect. Like people can disagree on things. This is cuckoo bananas. I had a note in my notes, like while I was watching this episode, like I kind of couldn't remember how this shook out in the end. Mm. And I'm like watching the ticker go by on the clock. And I was like, huh. I was like, did they write a plot that has no, like, conflict at the end? I was like, how is this going to resolve? Like, things are kind of wrapping up. Like, interesting. Right. And then this just, like, gets dropped on you. Like, where well, Kamir like, just goes fucking bananas. He goes insane. He literally, like, puts his hands up to his face and says, I am Kali. Yeah. And I'm <laughs> like, whoa. When did you turn into a supervillain? Yeah. Like, there's no hinting like, of any of this in his persona earlier in the episode. Not really. Especially the, fla- the thing that immediately precedes this is this flashback where he like very rationally and very like empathetically explains to Mac what like about the culture that she's participating in. And they have this nice moment where like Mac then like almost joins into the ritual. Like he's right. the one who lights the pyre. They have like this moment of shared understanding about this. Mm-hmm. Right. And then the present is just 
the complete opposite where yeah. he's not being rational at all. He's just he's nutty. Malevolent. Yeah. I mean, I could, I can see, I think this coming out of the character, but not this quickly. Like th- th- this needed, we well, needed to meet this character like a, again. A switches flip. Yeah, exactly. Or, or they need it to be. We right. needed to see seeds of this early. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And he's like so patient with Richie. Is that just a strategy to throw Mac off? I don't think so. I, don't think I, so. I found him to be a, pretty compelling immortal like i was yeah. like this guy's great like i want more of this guy yeah i don't i disagree with the decision that he goes and tries to kill her like i find that problematic for the structure of this episode uh, at least that she he tries doing it then should we have this discussion later like e- how maybe. would like how would we because re- just... i was pondering this too yeah. like how would i make this have a fight at the end i don't know like, yeah. or he just needed like if nothing else like probably the least disruptive thing they could do is just have him tone this down like don't say i am india i am kali but make it be like a more extreme reading of what he's saying before he's just like it's like you fixed this she did not like her sins are still upon her yeah. for participating in this i can't let it go right and max like you, you have, have to. You yeah. have to. Yeah. Or we're fighting, and then they fight. Right. Like, that is still, like, very evil. Like, more evil than what we see him do before. But at least it feels like an outgrowth of what we've seen. Right. Like, him saying, like, I am India, I am Kali. Like, that comes out of... that come, that's, like, yeah. that's, like, a weird, like, this guy did the fusion dance with Slam the Cat, and, yeah. like, now they're, yeah. like, he's a cartoon character. Yeah, right. Anyway, so they have a very cramped fight in this hallway. Yeah, they yeah. do. But then they bust into a fucking a planetarium. A planetarium, and there's Pink, this, Pink Floyd yeah. starts I was, playing. I was like, "What lasers. the fuck is this?" Also, <laughs> yeah. we don't get to see the planets; it's just the light just show. Just the light yeah. show. And there's a bunch of weird laser sounds. It's just yeah. like pew 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 pew. I love this. I thought it was great. It was silly. I it was. I silly. It was a cool. Yeah. I, I liked it. But place I think to do it's it. Silly. Yeah. Yeah. But they're they're fighting. At one point, he uses his silk cord to grab Max's sword. I like which that. I thought was awesome. Well, kind of. I yeah. also like it, but it's the last move of the fight, and it doesn't yeah. work. He dies instantly. Yeah. Like he wraps the silk cord, and it's like, wow, that was a dumb thing to do. And Mac <laughs> instantly beheads him. Like yeah. I also like that the silk cord found its way into the fight, but it was like a weird afterthought. We're like, well, maybe yeah. he tries to reach it with the cord, and Mac's like, well, I've got a sword, and that's better than a silk scarf, so you're dead. <laughs> like it would have been cool if that actually factored in yeah. also there is this sweep the leg move mm-hmm. and i'm unsure whether that's supposed to be a callback or what but i would have part of me would have liked the idea of there's like this notion of like almost culture exchange in this thing because mac's like mac is seeing the parallels here he's like oh the japanese have a move that is like this what is that's my background like right, do right. they have an answer to this move that i can look up and like you know Kamir's weakness in some way is that he has never allowed himself to grow and truly Ooh. experience other cultures. Because mm. if he did, he would know there's a counter to this special move. That's you know very I mean? good. And that, like, Mac's, Mac's own multicultural identity is his strength. I like this reading. I don't know. I'm reading an awful lot into, like, this fighting game maneuver, downright strong punch. But, like, <laughs> yeah. I, I like the way you're describing it. I don't know how you film that and get it across, like, this is how Mac defeated him by his multiculturalism. No, yeah. but I mean. Like, without like, someone having to explain it, like. But it's, great symbol, but it's great symbolism. symbolism. Yeah. 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 But I, don't, I also don't know how, how you would explain <laughs> it other than, like, maybe it's, maybe the instead of fixing a pot, when they're having that conversation, Mac and Richie are sword fighting. And he asks him to try that move, and he's able to counter it. And yeah. says like, oh. or he reads an old book where yeah. it's like the Japanese, you know, looking up that move and researching what the counter was to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. There's 
symbolically rich stuff. I but like again, I'm still a little unsure that that's the move he uses. I'm just, I just am not sure. I'm sure if F. Braun had anything to do with this, I could absolutely see that being something. Oh, totally. He puts in there because that's his like language mm. yeah so can we talk about this quickening yes please <laughs> this is on the kernel level uh yes it's pretty nuts it's <laughs> well the one the so what we actually have to explain what happens well the ghost like, kind of looks ghost. like the, the quickening ghost it's like very i mean it's faded but it straight up looks like the Kali. I mean, it's yeah. got like the, it looks like it's got like vague outlines of multiple arms. Like we have the planetarium light show going, right. and then we have the ghost stuff, and then we have like a not quite a strobe light, but like yeah. Mac has like really powerful spotlights coming from behind mm-hmm. him. Right. And then he he's doing these weird hand motions. Yeah, he's doing like straight up. He like, looks like he's being like an Indian statue. statue. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, uh oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, front row. The one shot I do kind of like, at some point he has his hands the out. The fingers. Like, oh, yeah. Fingers, and, like, that creates, was awesome. That creates like a really cool yeah. lighting effect. Yeah. But then it like transitions from that into him being like putting his hands flat and like. Yeah. He's, he's doing the Indian, you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Indian, you know? Yeah. It's not great. <laughs> it's bad. I don't know. I half really like this and half cringe at it. Like, I think there's some interesting light stuff and visual stuff happening in a cringeworthy package yeah you know it's like like the hand motions are weird and i don't know yeah a little silly there's some cool like things dancing around the outside of this quickening but it's got like a problematic jury rig center that (laughs) that breaks it down (laughs) but mac looks really uh sad afterwards it's a bummer mac hasn't killed a has mac killed a friend in a bit when was the last friend mac killed we even had this come up. What was the it's, last it's been a while. Yeah. Well, Max killing friends again. This so is, uh, what a bummer. <laughs> uh, our collective amnesia of this might be a problem for the game that's coming up. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. So we cut the denouement of the episode is in the loft above the dojo. So Richie's torn up about this death. Yeah, because they had like a bond. Yeah. Yeah. Richie and this guy. And he's like bummed about like all the people that got killed over this like statue. Like I, and he's like, I don't feel good about Kamir dying. Mm-hmm. Really? Like you shouldn't like you shouldn't feel good about him mm-hmm. dying but he says like kamir didn't speak for india he only spoke for himself and the cult that died over a hundred years ago but also i guess they echo like that it was a hundred years ago like you have to as an immortal get over the stuff like these things that are in the past like things are gonna change and mm. you need to embrace them in some way or at least not be so resistant to them that you feel obligated to kill an art dealer right but mac is following through and he's packing up the collie to go home and that's it that's the episode that's it. mm. it's like mac Still kind of does a good thing at the end. Sure. Sending this thing back, I suppose. Yeah, he does. Yeah. I mean, it's the least he can do, I guess. <laughs> I guess. This is a very interesting episode. Well, how about before we talk about it, we play a little game. Ba-ba-da-ba! All right. We are going to play a little game we call Three in Five. That is a game where I will give Keith and Eamon alternating topics, and they will have five seconds to name me three examples that fall within that category. For each one they get correct, they will get a point. If they manage to get all three, four points. It's good times. Uh, Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Yeah, Eamon, stepping up to the plate. Step up to the streets. We got to see a bunch of colonial officers in this. Can you name me three former British colonies? Uh, India, uh, uh, Afghanistan, no, uh, Hong Kong, does that count? Uh, uh, Hong Kong does count. I'm not sure you said it in time, though. You missed a real big one. Yeah, like the oh, U.S. United States, States. <laughs> yeah. or Canada. 
Oh, Canada. Okay, round one was the gimme round, uh, mm. but we'll give you two on that one. Keith, name me three cities in Great Britain. Uh, London, uh, uh, Birmingham, and uh, Wales. Wales is a country. Yep, it is. Uh, All right, so that's it. two points. Tied. All right, we're so tied on. Gloucester. There we go. All right, Glaucoma? item number two. Glaucoma. Eamon, we're getting yes. a little harder now. Give me three cities in India. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> uh, Calcutta? Yes. That's all I got. <laughs> accepted Mumbai or Delhi or... No, oh, there's a bunch. Anyway. I won't tell yeah, you now, yeah. but there's a bunch. <laughs> Keith, name for me three famous British officers. Well, uh... uh that. Done. There you go. All right. Complete blank. Complete blank. <laughs> Would have accepted like some good old like Cornwallis there you go. or Howes. Cornwallis. Cornwallis. Cornwallis season here. Would have accepted a French or two. Anyway. Well, I'm an idiot. <laughs> nope. All right. Eamon. Yes, sir. Name for me three friends that Mac has killed. Oh shit. Dominique Piton. Uh <laughs> Highlander Rewatch. Yeah. Alright, that's one point. I guess Kamir. Is yeah, he really I, a friend? I'd say yeah. he's a friend. I definitely would have accepted Kamir for this mm. one. Or like Michael Moore. Michael Moore. Michael Moore. Moore. You got Sully. Sully Sullenberger. Sully Sullenberger. <laughs> Keith, Yo. you probably know what the next one is, but name me three friends that Mac has spared. Oh. oh. <laughs> Come on. I don't know. I, I'm blanking. I'm blank. Blanking. What about these episodes we're recording? All right. Oh, damn it. That's a, that's a fried egg. <laughs> damn it. Uh, well, I'm losing. Uh, I wouldn't be so sure. <laughs> oh, God. Eamon, name me yes. three Highlander episodes, which presents some interesting thoughts about race. Ooh, run for your life. Uh, Wrath of Kali. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah. That's those are my answers. All right, I certainly would have accepted "See No Evil" and others. And uh, others. Keith, name me three episodes that prominently feature works of art. What? Ooh. Well, this any garage? any any episode that features Duncan's body <laughs> or Tess's body. Uh, God damn it! The time's running out. Um, yeah, the I'm, one I'm, uh, uh, Nefertiri, uh, Farah daughter, daughter, <laughs> fa- daughter. Of Farrah's daughter. Oh, my God. I'm not sure you got that out. I don't think so. <clears throat> but uh, the joke was solid in the top. <laughs> the joke yes. was solid. That was a I, solid joke. I had not thought of Farrah's daughter, but I would have accepted it. Because I would have accepted Wrath of Kali. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Wrath of Kali was acceptable for almost every answer yeah. on this one. God damn it. Wrath uh, of Kali, Wrath of Kali, Wrath of Kali. Wrath of Kali watched three times. <laughs> all right. And it's not going to get any better on this one. Oh, Amen. Maybe three members of Congress. Oh, oh come on, uh, Kamala Harris. Yes, uh, Cory Booker. Yes, uh, 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 blank, blank, blank. That's five, but you got two. Hey, Keith, <laughs> name me three members oh. of the Trump administration that have resigned. Ooh. Ooh, um, so you got Steve Bannon, you got uh, Rex Tillerson, uh, you got. Ooh, ooh. Oh, and the lady, the press person. Ah. 
You're thinking of Hope Hicks. Hope Hicks, I believe. Yeah. But you got Hope two. Hicks. You got two in there solid. Ooh. All right. So, Better than I usually do on these. <laughs> usually a in fact, goddamn train you, you guys got the most points you got on that last round. The that's one that, weird. That is normally the trip. The, the non-Highlander questions. Wow. Should we cut this game? <laughs> no. No. Okay. I think it's just the worst game we've ever, ever played. played. <laughs> yeah. Were they that bad? Were they that hard? Your questions were awful. All right. They might have been We hard. performed up to our normal standards. <laughs> yeah. Keith, you clocked in with four points. Oh, my oh. God. Eamon, you clocked in with... Eight points. Ah. Four points was the most I got. You could get that on one round if you got them all right. <laughs> Correct. Get idiot. Oh, my God. We're dum dums. I can't remember the names of these episodes anymore. They all just, like, I'm fine if I have, like, it's when I'm under pressure. I just, like, I lose it all. Under pressure. Also, I want to know if when we're playing these games, listeners are like freaking out because they know the answers quickly. instantly. Yeah, we don't have the pressure, man. You're in your car, driving to work, listening to a podcast. Easy breezy for you people. Yeah, it's easy for you. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Also, you're not idiots like we are, so yeah. that probably makes it easier too. Yeah, we, we always forget how big a handicap being dumb is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. That was, a, that was a somewhat harder one, but I, you guys did all right. And I'm very proud of your congressional and Trump administration-related answers. Yeah. How about that? Opening those eyes to the world around us. <laughs> yeah, suck it, Scott Pruitt. Hey, what's $341,000 worth of travel expenses between friends, yeah. <laughs> taxpayer, money? Do we uh, get a cool Watcher Chronicle out of this bad boy? That's right. As a reward for our poor, <laughs> poor showing at the, uh, in the game portion of the show, we're going to read punishment. some yeah. Watcher Chronicles. Uh, so we've just got one chronicle to read, and that is for Mr. Kamir himself. So he was born in 350. Whoa. Yeah. So he's old as dirt. Mm -hmm. His first death was in 390, uh, and he interrupted robbers stealing Hindu goddess statue. Hmm. Mm. Uh, his teacher was Sanjiv Gupta. His cultural affiliation was Brahmin. All right. His recent base of operations was Delhi, India. Occupation oh, that's a city you could have said. Yeah, there we game. go. <laughs> uh, his occupation is a Hindu priest. Uh, so his chronicle reads: "The great wheel turns, then turns again." As Kali was at the heart of his birth as an immortal, Kali was instrumental in his end as well. When Kamir crafted the incarnation of Kali with his hands and his heart, so many turns of the wheel ago. Wait, Kamir made? Whoa! 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 whoa, whoa. He made the statue. Apparently. According Holy to shit. this, which is funny because in my notes, I was like, I was like, I wish there that? was more explanation of this statue. Like, I don't like that. It's like, it's like alive. It's I'm like, but I wish there was some like significant, like whatever it is. Like, this is a special statue for some reason. I wish we got that history. But now it's that he made it and he just wants it back. <laughs> yeah, that somehow cheapens it. Or if that's what they're going to do, have him say it. Yeah, yeah. have him it's say like, it. Well, I mean, obviously out. these are written yeah. Yeah. like after possibly years after yeah. the fact. <laughs> Interesting. Could he imagine it would be half a world away in a land where Kali herself had held no sway? Hey, it rhymed. Uh, Kamir, for so long the bringer of Kali's justice, brought down by one whose own code of justice proved the stronger in the end. Interesting. Co his code of justice proved stronger? What the fuck does that mean? Batman versus Superman code of justice. <laughs> so that's just like whoever kills the other person, like their code, code of, of justice, justice is, is better? Yeah. Like, what? Actually, uh, my code of justice is better. <laughs> In the end, Kali's purpose was served by Kamir's sacrifice, uh, as her sacred image rests once again in the land she protects. Interesting. So there we go. We don't really find out too much about Kamir, no. other than he, uh, hey, he sculpts pretty nicely. Yeah, he's a good sculptor. Yeah. 
I wonder if he and Tessa would have gotten along. I bet they would have. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what do we think about this bad boy? What are our thoughts? I'm really torn about this. This feels like a little Christopher Nolan-y to me, where like every scene with Kamir, he's like saying his motivations to the audience. Like I almost had a hard time writing notes for this episode yeah. because like shit is getting thrown at you as much as possible. Like all these like moral and ethical and like cultural ideas. Hmm. It's just like people constantly spouting off their motivations at you, um, which a little bit bothered me, but a little bit like I like Kamir. I think he's great, but all of his dialogue was just kind of like espousing his beliefs. Like I thought we said, I feel like his his character got a little lost and rushed at the end, maybe. I, I don't think it would have bothered me but for the way it ends. Yeah. Because then it feels like all that other stuff was like much ado about nothing. Like right. that stuff isn't really what drives him. He's driven by like this weird sense of like narcissistic empowerment that he's somehow a divine and speaks mm-hmm. for all of India. And that's crazy town. And like all the other stuff was like, well, what was that? Like, I feel like there's a five star episode in here. Oh, hiding there there's, I think there's, five, there's a five, there's five stars worth of moral questions and production quality and, in terms of like the flashbacks and that kind the of stuff. The production quality in this episode, like it's no surprise. There's so much flashback to yeah. India because like they got to milk it. Like, cause it's awesome. Do it, it, the costumes are yeah. great. Like, the yeah. Steve, Steve Gagan's like sets and locations are awesome. Like uh, he said, the palace is the Orpheum Theater, which we've kind of seen before. Which was the that's the theater with Mad Marcus in. Oh, cool! What episode's that? Is that Ceno Evil? Yes, yeah, Ceno Evil. But yeah, he's like, yeah, the uh, the architecture in this building is like strange. He's like, you don't see stuff like this anywhere on the West Coast, and it worked perfectly for India. And apparently, he also was like. The one championing, like, we got to do an India episode. Uh, nobody thought he could. It was like, that's not going to happen. Like, we're never going to be able to recreate that. And then they wrote it, and I think he knocked it out of the park. It's yeah, good. It's, it's pretty They got incredible. that tiger in there. They got that tiger in there. <laughs> Put a tiger in your tank. Yeah. Like, all the actors are great in this episode. I kind of didn't like Colonel Ramsey that much, but he... He's he, a little too much. He plays his part well, but I think, yeah, he. I think he's a little over the top, to quote my favorite Sylvester Stallone, Stallone movie. movie. Yeah. I want to like this more than I do for and i i can't quite put my finger on it interesting i think the rush nature of the ending i think makes the rest of it feel a little more feeble than it does i've been trying to think of like structurally how i would want it to go differently i think what i'd said earlier about just tamping down his rhetoric at the end is probably the least disruptive to the episode way of doing it but i feel like there's another way to structure this but it requires like some real reweighing of this maybe the actual fight between duncan and kamir happens a little earlier in the episode that happens they fight max spares him mac decides not to kill him like with a promise not to like to let her go and like you know maybe kamir learns something from mac in this fight and then like our final action beat in some way takes place in the past with Mac interceding to prevent the racist woman from taking vengeance on Kamir and others for the crimes. Like maybe there's like your final action beat or something. That's an interesting, I don't know if this show ever did something like that where the final action beat is in the flashback. Like, cause I did feel that way this whole episode. It's like the present storyline kind of moves along and it's interesting discussions, but I'm like, I'm not sure how this is going to like, have a punchy ending. Yeah. And it's maybe the solution is it doesn't, but you 
the action is all in the past. And, and you just let there just be some interesting story you tell back then. Yeah. And like maybe the, your vessel, your way into that is Richie saying like being surprised, being like, you you seem so against this. Like, why did you spare him? And maybe we get some insight into that decision based on what this climax in the past was. Hmm. I don't know. I'm kind of thinking aloud here. But yeah. I mean, I don't even know if the Richie parts really need to be in this episode. I See, feel like I like that, though. I like it. Like, I don't think it's bad, but I feel like all of these could be things between Kamir and Mac. Like, I don't see what Richie brings to it, ultimately. I think the, I was going to say open-mindedness. I don't know if that says it. Like, Mac Mm -hmm. is a fairly fixed character. Like, Mac is not very subject to being influenced by Kamir. Right. Like, he's not ever going to adopt anything that Kamir is saying, probably. But, like, I think there's, I think you experience Kamir differently by having your main window through to him primarily be Richie, not Mac. Yeah, and Richie's then, more of an audience surrogate, I think, in this in some ways. Like he's the sounding board for both of these characters, which have very strong opinions. Right. And I think that I, I think that does work. I can see what you're saying though. Like because he does reiterate a lot of what Kamir says. He's like, oh but what about this? It's like, yeah, we just heard Kamir say that. But I think it's right. I don't know. I, I agree with you, Kyle though, that I don't mind it though. I, I like that Richie's like interested in asking Mac follow up questions. Uh, I, I think the difference is that Richie's relationship with Kamir makes me care about Kamir. Right. Mac's relationship with Kamir doesn't does not do that. Yeah, yeah. they don't like pal around in they're the past. They're not warm. Really. Like I, you get the impression that they're friends, but like not in a way that gives me an emotional connection to right. Kamir. Right. But like Richie really does seem like he is valuing and getting something out of that relationship. And he gives good advice to Richie too. I think. Y- yeah, in yeah. a way that I think is meaningful. I think that's the the real strength of that component of the thing. Yeah, maybe it is just that Kamir goes from zero to 60 at the end. It kind of robs him of his good qualities. Yeah. And you're just kind of like, well, yeah, he has to die now. Whereas it could have been a much more emotional final battle if they just reached this impasse where it's like, you can't kill her, but I have to kill her. Rather than, I am a god. And also, I suppose they could even tap into the duty conversation that was had a lot in the past. Like, it's her duty to kill herself for her husband this could be Kamir's duty to i mean like i think if they leaned into that more that's again more in keeping with his character like yeah i know it's maybe not what you think but like you have to let me do it i can't not like this is who i am yeah. it doesn't matter it's that she loved him or didn't love him it's her duty to do it and yeah. it's my duty to serve kali so yeah i mean i think that makes it that's the simplest fix in the whole thing another, another simple fix fairly- is also not having the statue get returned is that mac fails and says look it's not going to happen Blah blah blah, or maybe it wasn't actually stolen. Maybe like fucking Malay is a shithead, but no, this, this time this yeah. it wasn't. It was fine, uh, and it's like it's going to have to stay here, and that's just not enough for Kamir. Kamir, yeah, he's that, like, I no, mean, that's, that's the ingredients. Of I mean, that's real. a good way to escalate it. Like, why does he want to kill her? Like, come on, that's like, the thing. That's just unforgivable. Like, it's <clears throat> it's impossible to see, be sympathetic to Kamir once he takes that unreasonable a position. That right. even when someone gives you what you want. That you and like yeah. is playing ball and is doing the right thing that you're gonna and you're she's gonna kill them. and she's worse than the other guy <laughs> yeah like worse than the guy who's the thief like right that's and like for this weird race trader shit like that's yeah. on that's that's right. fucked yeah um yeah. another almost simplification of this or not even simplification of it but a way if you wanted to restructure where this fight happened and and how 
could it could all just still be a, a fight about the first guy? Yeah, maybe Max being in maybe the the focus goes on Mac being very inflexible. That like mm. Mac can't back down, knowing that this guy killed a mortal, like a mortal kind of associate of his, over a statue. Like, I mean, you bringing that up also to me brings up this issue of like we haven't really talked about Max code here too. I mean, if like they're they're both their duties are like at an impasse, and maybe if they leaned into that more, I mean, I think it's under the surface, like. Kamir needs to do this. I think it's it's definitely there, right? Like that's that he part of needs to do it. That's yeah. part of his deal. It gets it's like too wrapped up in this weird in other bullshit. Mac always is doing this. I mean, that's why he fights these people. Like he can't let it go. Like right. Other, I feel like other people, immortal or not mortal, or whatever I'm trying to say, immortal or mortal. You know, I don't know. Somebody does a bad thing, and it's like, well, that sucks. Like moving on. Like Mac can't let this go. Like you have killed somebody. Now I must like avenge. I have to them. address. This, I have to yeah. address this. Like so, Max. Uh, you know bound to his code as well yeah. maybe as much as Kamira's. funky side note that is also in this like duty versus i don't know what like do- duty versus like a personal code and like individualism what the fuck is mac doing in india i teased this <laughs> earlier and oh, the more yeah. i think about it like they keep on presenting him like he is this champion of the indian people but he is a tool of their colonialism like he is not fundamentally their friend he is there to stop people that like are enemies of the british government right that is why he is there like he is there to participate in their oppression not unlike they are oppressing scotland as he seems to have very strong opinions about the more i thought about it i was like i have a real problem with this and like the in some ways max like they're talking out of both sides of their mouth about mac being a friend to these people and based on max whole comment about how the indians are losing an empire like how hard this must be for them he's fully aware of what he's doing i mean is his idea that like i can make it better or easier i don't know like, like it's gonna happen i can't stop the british empire but i can be a force for good within it maybe, maybe by maybe. hunting down like what by some definition in the context of this episode you might say are Heroes. indian freedom fighters yeah right yeah in a certain sense sure. it's like i'm gonna try to get them which also by the way no resolution to that plot nope mac never pr- actually does what he's there to do apparently he's too distracted by finger blasting <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh yeah, Mac just goes over there and gets fucked. Yeah. Like, Literally. I don't know. Part of me wishes he was not there why they say he was there. That would actually be a very quick fix to solve it. Like, maybe he's just been there and they're asking for his help. They're like, oh, you've been here for a while. You're theoretically a British subject. Help us. And he's like, mm. he knows what this is. Like, Ramsey is too big a fool and, like, not, and, like, they're both too racist to understand the ramifications of like this colonialism on the Indian people and like, and they're participating in it in it, which is like messed up, but like it makes sense in terms of like their own screwed up internal logic. Like what is Mac doing? What's Mac's justification for doing this when he seems to know full well how messed up it is? Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. Kamir, I feel like in the context, in this context, I feel like he should have stronger thoughts on Mac and his participation in this. That's interesting. Yeah. But, like, he seems to think that Mac's, like, a true friend of the Indian people. And what's, like, Kamir's playing this weird double game, like, pretending to be friends with the colonel and then secretly being a tuggy. Right. That makes sense to me. Like, just in the sense of, like... like, a spy That he's, like, a spy and, like, you know, you you fight with the weapons you have. Right. But I don't know. It's interesting. Just weird food food for thought dwelling in the heart of this thing. Is Mac an agent of colonialism? Discuss. (laughs) 
Also, right. interesting tidbit from Steve Gagan on the special features. Uh, he did not seem too happy with the director of this episode. No. Um, he was talking about, as a set designer, you do all this work, and you want to tell a story with the environment as much as, you know, the written word and the actors. Like, this should all be to support the story. And he's like, some directors really get it, and hopefully they like your set, and they show it off, and they make it part of the storytelling. He's like, and other directors, uh, he's like, they go in for some tight shots, and you can't really see what all the work you did. And I think he was uh, complaining about this. He thought this was shot a little too tight. Yeah, I buy that. Yeah, you he, got to see that tiger, though. Yeah, did get to see that tiger. Oh, the the one is, is that the one who dates Kylie Jenner? Yep, Tiger, 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 <laughs> uppercut. Also, since we're talking about fighting games, I'll finally shoehorn this joke in. Cool. You know, people are often really uh, they they mistake what Scorpion says like mm-hmm. everyone thinks they say get over here what he actually says is come here <laughs> come, come here. here that's good <laughs> <laughs> that is also true oh really yeah he says i'm pretty sure in the original he says come here wow. when he throws it not get over here come here come here come here come here yeah there he is. I was, I was star waiting. of what was it kitty pride or what was that yeah. movie kitty, kitty, party. Party. kitty party kitty party 2002's kitty party 64 kitty, kitty, kitty party. party mac was having a kitty party down there with a yeah Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought for a second I thought Ooh. that was a joke about a pity party. At the end, he and Richie have a yeah pity, it. kitty party. Kitty party. I don't know. All right, we're to rate this motherfucker. I think so, Kyle. Yeah. How many Kali statues would you give this? Oof, I am giving this all all things considered four Kali statues. Ooh. I think it's very strong. I think its potential is perhaps higher than almost every any other episode we've seen. It's got some problematic components, but the moral elements are so strong. The production value elements are so strong that I just, I don't know, I've got a real soft spot for this, my boy. It gets four stars. You know what? It could have, if not for some of these, like, shot-related complaints I've had, like with the zooms and the tight shots, (laughs) you know, it could have gone as high as a 4.5, but it's living at four. Wow. Eamon, how many Bengal tigers would you give this episode? I'm going to give it three and a half Bengal tigers. A lot of those shots annoyed me. Uh, <laughs> lots of exposition kind of didn't sit well with me. Um, it's a pretty solid episode. Good actors. This is a good one. This is worth watching. Just not quite among the best for me. Keith, how many secret quarterstaff moves would you give this? Actually, excuse me. How many tug jobs would you give this? Oh, uh, tug- I am going to give this 4.5 tuggies. Tug <laughs> yeah, I tug re- jobs. Tug jobs. Tug jobs. Uh, a, isn't that the founder of Apple? <laughs> Yeah, yeah tug jobs. That's <laughs> <laughs> his brother. Yeah. I really dug this episode. Like I said, Kyle, the moral questions are fantastic. This is like heavy material. It's real uh, heavy, and they're fast and furious. Like, and, they don't let you rest on your laurels with just one or two moral questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and it's interesting, Eamon, you, and I can see this, you kind of mentioned, like, oh, not much really happens in this episode. Like, in a way, it doesn't. Like, there's a statue that's delivered, and then they debate it the whole episode. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's yeah. the plot. CNG. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nothing really happens, but I kind of don't care because I really like how it plays out. I love Kamir. Uh, it's too bad he kind of dies at the end. I thought he was a cool mentor role. You he know, was a really Richie. good actor. Yeah, he was yeah. really great. Um, I thought his dialogue was really nice. Pretty poetic stuff and just kind of meaning of life shit for Richie to hear, which was cool. Uh, all the staff fighting was awesome, yeah, uh, was which dope. is cool. Also, I really like the score. I think they did a good job. Like, I feel like they did hire actual like Indian performers to perform some like live stuff. Which was in it, but also um, Roger Bellon. His score, like when uh, what's her name, Vish- Vishti, 
Vashti. Vashti, excuse me. When she dies, like the score when she's like on the funeral pyre is fantastic. It's really good stuff. They got that tiger in there. Production value <laughs> was great. I mean, like it's got most of the stuff I want from a Highlander episode, like moral question, flashback, ass kicking, ass kicking, uh, all that sort of stuff. Finger yeah. blasting. Finger, finger, finger blasting. Finger banging. Yeah. We've said that <laughs> phrase too many times this episode. It's a gross phrase. It's really gross. What phrase? Finger blasting. Finger oh, blasting. Okay. <laughs> oh, boy. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the biggest fault it has is the turn for Kamir at the end, but I kind of can let it go. Just like suspension of disbelief. It's like, all right, fine. I think the rest of the episode's so strong. I give it a pass. So I think it's 4.5. It's one of my favorites. Good shit. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. It was, uh, I hope you had as much fun listening to it as we had making it. (laughs) That's right. Uh, if you have thoughts on this episode, what do you think about Mac's choice to kill Kamir? Do you think Kamir's right? Or or just serve the British crown crown in a fundamental fundamentally uh conquest oriented mission yeah or if you have real deep thoughts on moral relativism which we really didn't get into at the end let us know well we got into it at the time yeah exactly but yeah lots of good stuff write us at highlander rewatch at gmail.com and if we like your email if it's not too rambly and full of shit we'll read it on the air (laughs) damn damn make it good yeah make it good make it stand out draw a picture Come here! Come here. Yeah, uh, very good. Um, also, if you like our podcast, make sure to rate us on iTunes or Stitcher. Leave us a review or just leave us some stars. We'd five like, stars. Five stars would be great. Leave yeah, us five. preferably five. And it helps spread the word. And it really does. Uh, the more stars we get, we have absolutely reached more people, which is very, very cool. Mm-hmm. So keep them coming. Join us next week when our episode will be Season 4, Episode 10, Chivalry. I've been one of your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Eamon. Bye. Bye. See Dr. Noak. Ooh. Remember him? All right. Are you talking about Dr. No? No, Dr. Noak. Is it Noak? Wasn't one, that one of the characters in... Uh... I don't know. I don't, I don't remember. remember. All right, well. <laughs> <laughs> Golden Eye trivia, guys. Golden Eye. <laughs> Write us in. That's right. Alan Cummings. Yeah. Mm. I am invincible. <laughs> it's very good. Okay. <laughs>